On this week's episode of Moose and Friends, the D-backs and Orioles continue their duel of fates for the first pick in the MLB draft. We recap week three of the college football season and why NAU is the best team in the Sunshine State. We look ahead to week four's action, including the Jack Cohen revenge game on Saturday in Madison. Our guest this week is Chris Foster, a.k.a. Mamba. Mamba is a Panthers loyalist, and don't let him tell you otherwise, but he also he is also a fan of the Lakers, Red Sox, and Duke Blue Devils. Convenient, huh, Garrett? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get after it. If I made a milli, then my mommy made a milli. Clearly on my next step, took me four hours. Why you can be my guest? Hard to catch sunshine waiting by my desk. Yeah. You want fun times, I need nothing less. I don't want to wait too long, do I have to? A lot of racing thoughts in my head. Mess around and played your parts and you All right, how are we doing this week, Garrett? How are you doing um, this fine Wednesday in San Diego? We're doing considerably better than two weeks ago, exactly the same as last week, because I went uh, two and two. I'm sorry, three and three in my bets, but one of them was uh, one of them was a uh, was Memphis money line, so I'm technically up ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. You were on Memphis money line and on Memphis spread, and a lot of people were like, "What is this jackass doing?" Because you're basically doubling down and trying to get a little extra coin with the money line. But oh, um, yeah. due to the ineptitude that Mike Leach coaches over at Mississippi State, specifically with the special teams, you were able to uh, have a run, snafu go your run way. Away with one, yeah. I just I just wish the spread would have been a little bit more. No, I didn't line see was it. Like one eighty or something. So it was mm-hmm. crazy. I didn't see it live, but all I did, like, I remember it was the halftime of, uh, of I believe, the Penn State game because I was watching that game pretty closely as my solo bet on Twitter. And they're like, you got to see this uh, this play in the Memphis-Mississippi State game. And I knew Memphis was winning, but I didn't know how they got there. And, of course, naturally, it's the craziest Election. play I've ever seen in my 27 years on this beautiful earth. You're so I got to say, kudos to you, 27 years. God. Do you say 70? Not no, that damn old. 27. That's insane. Yeah. What are you? 26? You I'm bastard. 25. Yeah. And you turned 26 in like a week. No. Like no. three months Not in December, bitch. Holy shit. Dude, you're going to be 26. I'm going to be 27. That's like. Do you have a retirement plan yet? No, we should both be working on our second contract. You know, I'm going to live longer <laughs> than you, right? No, you're no, you Yes, are I am. I'm like, I'm like a cockroach. I don't die. You know this. No, I'm always gonna, hurt. You're going to never injured. Like, 36 um i'll probably live to be like 122 you're gonna be an old sage at the top of a mountain doing the baby yeah my legs have just grown into tree trunks Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh anyone that comes up to the mountain you tell them about these like you know and uh not legend yeah legend of zelda like the the emeralds you collect the stones Mm -hmm. you tell them about the great stones of the the elements fire wind earth Uh uh-huh I like uh, that. Yeah, I kind of well, want to be no, like that's the, actually... the black for the one I'd raid, three I'd raid from, uh, from Game of Thrones. That's fine. But if I keel over at 37, can I be like, um, can I be like inside a computer somewhere, like in a deep, deep, deep basement? Like you turn it on and it's like, hello there, I'm Moose. It's like, what the fuck are you? Um, yeah. So you want to be like, I'm sorry. So you want to basically be uh, like a Fallout AI NPC? Yes, that lives forever. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Okay, yeah, I can get that. All right, that's cool. That's cool. I don't need my I don't need my physical form, but that's like kind of my end game at all times is whoever I'm helping. 
um, mm-hmm. as the computer. I'm really just trying to backstab them and take their body. I'm like, sorry. Uh-huh. You're like, hey, you should really, uh, there's, so there's a needle over here. It's going to give uh-huh. you super strength. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really the only way you're going to get to the dungeon. Uh-huh. So go ahead and do that. And then pick yourself up to that machine. Yeah, that machine right there. Uh huh. The Palpatine machine from that <laughs> shitty, shitty movie. What was that movie called? I forgot the title. Mm, not familiar. Star Trek? No, it's not. It's a Legends movie. Um, oh, I don't. Yeah, I only, I only watch canon. Yeah, did you see that the, 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 um, the Japanese um, anime came out today? No, I didn't, but I'll watch it. Yeah, I didn't know it came out today either. And then I saw a preview for it while watching ESPN this morning. Um, which is a terrible programming, but you got to do what you got to do. At least Sports Center is still a little relevant. And uh, yeah, I saw on it's like of. streaming now, but get on that. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be checking that out. Yeah, I was thinking about checking it out after the pod, maybe an episode or two. But before that, we do have to finish said pod. And this is going to be a good one this week. And here's why we're going to talk Diamondbacks baseball, but we're going to lead up to something regarding said Diamondbacks baseball because your boy here saw a bet on Sunday. D-backs money line plus 210, and it was an absolute ride. Now, it didn't hit. Spoiler alert. There's a damn reason it didn't hit, and we're going to get there, but we're going to start where we left off last week, Wednesday, September 15th, the Diamondbacks playing the Dodgers in Chavez Ravine, finishing a three-game set, trying to avoid the sweep, and guess what, Garrett? They didn't avoid the sweep because why the fuck would they? They're terrible, but I wanted to see how Merrill Kelly – should be playing for the sweep right now. Yes, they're trying to, to, to lose 190 games. Also, by the way, ESPN is just clowning the Diamondbacks lately. Um, hmm. I was watching Sports Center last night, and uh, Le- Levy was on. Uh, he's been there forever. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he's um, they were showing the Braves Diamondbacks. They like, bring up the, the highlights. Not only did they bring up the quote-unquote highlights, it was just the Braves hitting three straight home runs. There was no wow. Diamondbacks highlights whatsoever. And we scored one run, and they skipped over the run to show another home run. And then as I one of them too. was, as I think uh, Austin Riley hit one about 500 feet towards uh, Friday's front row, he goes, and the Diamondbacks are pacing to lose like 120 games. I was like, thanks, pal. This is what you just shitting on us for no reason. Good for and then that. Colin Cowherd tweeted, that, that cocksucker Cowherd don't even, tweeted. Don't say his name. Yeah. CC tweeted, and Liv, Liv's father tweeted, and he said, uh, there's 15,000 mm-hmm. uh, fans at the D-backs game. Um I got to respect their loyalty. I'm like, dude, really? Are you not saying everyone's wearing Braves red? You got to respect his loyalty trying to bring that shitty pilot of a sitcom to Fox. Oh, if you don't know about that Colin Cowherd sitcom, please look it up. It's hilarious. So it's about his life, basically, but he makes himself a handsome. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very clearly about, like, it's a sitcom about, like, fictionalized Colin Cowherd where his name is, like, Nick Hurd or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Ball and, and Bowherd. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, I, I'm not even joking. It's in the script. He's like, 40 something, sexy, attractive, successful. <laughs> like, uh huh. There's this just bimbo character that's trying to fuck him the entire time, and his ex wife hates her and shit. It's the worst pilot I've ever Alec and I wrote probably, a, I don't know, 20 minutes of a pilot that's substantially better. Mm-hmm. We wrote this as college juniors that's substantially better than college painstaking pilot process his pilot seemed like satire is what it did it, it, it seems seem like real. something we would write to make fun of how common coward thinks it was uh-huh but he actually did it about himself so he took out the the legwork for us so that's good uh-huh yeah i think it was right around the time when he started making fun of uh, people from the dominican republic so uh-huh and sean taylor right head 
Uh, that'll yeah. put you in the right headspace for where he was at the time. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the Diamondbacks, Merrill Kelly comes back from the IL, four and two-thirds innings pitch, 10 hits, gives up a couple walks, strikes out one, four earned, 82 pitches, so wasn't on a pitch count by any means. I believe he got pulled because you give up 10 hits, you're not exactly doing well. Um, I went to one go every, see how he does it. Pitches. Yeah, I went to go see how he did against the Dodgers career-wise so far. I see he's 0-2 with a 4-3-0 ERA, 1.26 whip, so not bad. But I was like, how does he do against the other NL West opponents? Because we didn't trade this guy. He is arbitration eligible in 2020. He's got a team option for $5 million heading into 2020. And we never traded this guy. And he was on fire during the deadline. I'm like, the Yankees could use a starting pitcher. The Sox could use a starting pitcher. I mean, let's get something for him. Let's do a fire sale like the Cubs did. But we obviously didn't. And I called it ineptitude, but maybe we were onto something. Uh, Garrett, he has an 8.15 ERA at Coors and an 8.31 ERA at, at Oracle, where the Giants play now. He's god awful against three of the four so I was opponents. Say, yeah, just <laughs> the NL West is where he does not. So Merrill Kelly, the one place he does not belong, mind you, we didn't trade him, but the one place he does not belong is probably in the NL West division, mainly because he can't pitch three of the four ballparks he has to travel to. But, hey, let's not trade him. Let's keep him. Let's tag him along to 2022 and beyond because he's not free agent eligible till 2026, I believe. So what do I know? But what I do know is, you know, a hundred good games that he could pitch (laughs) It's just it, yeah. I mean, how many how many the, in division games does each team get? Twenty each. Twenty each team. Yeah. So let's say you play. Yeah, you play the four teams twenty times. And okay, so get, it's half the seasons in your division. That's yeah, and he's gonna play. He's good. Yeah, and he's gonna right. probably pitch in those ballparks one to two times each season. And you might as well chalk up the cores and Giants games as total L's at this point. He's not too bad uh-huh. against the Padres, but if you look at his WHIP. In San Diego, it's a 1.4. So he's a ticking time bomb, just ready to get absolutely imploded. And a ball sent to the moon. Um, And your boy, yeah, exactly. And your boy, Sean Poppin, who we will get into later, gave up another earned run. How this man is in the pros. I I looked him up again because I know we talked about him earlier as a relief arm for the Dimebacks. And I looked him up and I was like, he got lit up in Minnesota and Pittsburgh. I had to look it up again, and uh, his numbers did not change from 2018 or 2019. No, they were, they were factual. This guy is not good at baseball. But only good news out of our 5-3 loss and sweep to the Dodgers is A, another L. And Taylor Widener, one innings pitch, scoreless. And Neil Ramirez, one innings pitch, scoreless. Both those guys, I think, could be helpful in somewhat of a rebuild, especially Taylor Widener because he's so young. And uh, Don Varsho, another base hit. And guess what? Christian Walker hit a home run. Get that man a lollipop. Yep, claps all around. Kudos to him. And our MMA fighter, uh, Henry Ramos, with a two RBI single. That's when we move on to a day off before we headed to Houston. Minute Maid Ballpark to go play the Astros, those cheating bastards. No trash cans necessary when you play the Diamondbacks. Believe me on that they one. Give, they give the Diamondbacks. Yeah, they're like, hey, you guys know what? They put okay. a bunch of trash cans in the visitors' uh, visitors' dugout, and they put cameras up on the batter side. They're like, you know what? You might need this, guys. You might just need this. And they look at Nick Ahmed, and they just shake their head. <laughs> they put their arm, their hand on his shoulder, and they go, "Everything will be okay. It'll be okay." So we, we we get to Houston, and you know what? We actually played Houston pretty damn tough for what it's worth. Three game slate. D backs obviously dropped the series. 
but they lost a game in extras, 3-4, and then the last game of the uh, the series, they lost. They blew it in the eighth, 6-7 loss. But we'll start with the Friday game. Dimebacks lose 3-4 in extras. Really, you had Mad Bum pitch, one of those stellar outings that you love to see against a good team. Seven innings pitched, two earned runs, only gave up one hit, one walk. The hit happened to be a two-run shot, bringing in the walk. That was it. His ERA sits at a 4.56 on the season. Batting average against 2.42. Not terrible, not great, but his whip at 1.14 is definitely ace material. His ERA is high, Garrett, but at the end of the day, four times this year, he's failed to go five innings pitched without with giving up six earned runs. So four times this year, he's been absolutely shelled to the point where the game is already out of reach. Um, but other than that, he's been really good. He's going to be on this team for a while unless somebody wants to take his contract. Uh, he needs a pitch better before the trade deadline for somebody to shell up the coin to come get him. Uh, that's wishful thinking with this franchise because, of course, he decides to turn it up when we're pacing 120 losses. But if he's going to be on this team, you want him to succeed. If you're going to be, he's going to be a guy you give 25 to $30 million to a year, you want him to succeed. Good outing. Tyler Clippard, another guy that we didn't trade, which just blows my mind because he's a very he's a quality arm in the pros. He always has been. He was really, really good at Washington with a setup guy uh, behind Drew Storen. He was good with the Yankees in 2014, 2015. He's a pros pro, really good pitcher. He's 37 now. And, you know, before he blew the game and extras there for the 3-4 loss, he had four straight appearances that were near perfect against the Dodgers, twice against Seattle, and once against the Padres. Those are uh, quality wild card potential teams. Tyler Clippard has been a really good pitcher this year for the Dimebacks, and they they have a three point five million dollar mutual option next year. He's thirty six, going on thirty seven. He hasn't made that much money since twenty seventeen. That's when he was thirty two years old. So I'm sitting here and thinking to myself, he's going to get paid a ton from us because unless we don't pick up the team option, I don't know what we're going to do with that money. He's been a really good pitcher, and he could have been a great back end the bullpen guy for any of these potential wildcard teams. And the fact that nobody came and got him, I'm sure the phone rang. Don't tell me the phone didn't fucking ring. Cause I know that bitch was off the fucking hook and we didn't trade him. Am I wrong or am I wrong? Well, D-backs kind of have a policy of like kind of letting the phone ring. And they're like, well, if it's important, they'll leave a message. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, but little do they know they've been doing that for so long. Message box is full. Is that the, who was it? The Mets a couple of years ago or the Orioles were, it might have been basketball where they said they would call the front office, but they like they had to go through 18 extensions because nobody knew who they had to talk to about trades. No, that was that's hilarious. I think that's the Dimebacks now. I think the Dimebacks, like, you know, when you post your office hours, I bet theirs is like, what, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m.? Yeah, if you catch us 1230 to 1245. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll be in for like, we'll, we'll sit in for 20, I'm going to stop minutes. and pick up my lunchbox <laughs> uh-huh. around noon. You can call yeah, me that. so – why another guy I just don't understand why we didn't trade because even at five million dollars he's not a or what did I say I did 3.5 mutual option that's still good value and if he pitches really well for one of those quality wildcard teams you pick that up oh but yeah we have hey, come on man 3.5 is nothing yeah if for a good arm uh, yeah an eighth inning seventh inning guy just terrible terrible um, the only good news out of this game besides Madison Bumgarner was uh, Cole Calhoun came back from the injury list. Uh, he's been injured almost 50% to 75% of his tenure with the Diamondbacks, but he comes back. Seth Beer 
goes on the IL like we expected, the dislocated shoulder. He's going to have surgery. He's done for the year because, of course, he is. Um, why would anything go well for us? Calhoun hits a, it's a solo shot. Um, so he's back. Peralta and Van Meter with RBIs. Josh Rojas, the best player on the worst team, gets three singles. And Jake McCarthy starts his uh, torrid stretch. Uh, torrid for Jake McCarthy being five straight knocks for the Diamondbacks there. His average so far has jumped from 167 to 222. And Nick Ahmed got a hit. Just like Christian Walker, we like to clap it up for Nick Ahmed. I don't. Uh, Joaquin, our boy Joaquin tweeted um, at the Diamondbacks. He tagged them, hoping they might see this, saying, how is he not only allowed to hit in games, how is he allowed to play? So uh, that's where Joaquin sits with Nick Ahmed. He just can't. I, know, Joaquin, Joaquin. <clears throat> I think Joaquin secretly has a Nick Ahmed jersey. I think he invested in Nick Ahmed as a rookie. He's like, you know what? This mm-hmm. uh, Chrome signature card might come in handy. He invested in, a in, a, in the uh, in Nick Ahmed token, a little altcoin that completely went down uh-huh. in 2017. It's, it's, yeah, it's uh, AHMD, the Ahmed coin. <laughs> <laughs> now that is funny. That is some good shit right there. Um, but we head to Saturday, and the Dimebacks do get a win. The only win we'll talk about, uh, 6-4 over the Astros, Humberto Castellanos, who we've talked about. Probably won't be that good. Uh, he's regression is due. Um, and it looked like the regression was going to happen in this game. Five innings pitched, three earned. But he was able to scatter six of nine base runners. So he got hit hard, but they didn't score. He pulled a little bit of a uh, Kyle Hendricks there. Um, Brandon Sidinger, I'm going to bring this name up now so we can bring him up for the next game. He goes in inning pitch scoreless. He Sidinger, along with tight, Widener, Mantiply, and Wendelkin go four innings pitch, two hit, three Ks. So out of that group, Wendelkin from the A's, good to see him do well. Widener, that's back-to-back, really good good performances there. I think he's starting to turn a corner. Singer Garrett, if you click on his name on the score app, he doesn't have a team. He doesn't have a picture. It's all in gray. It's like this man does not exist. I looked him up. He's a 28-year-old rookie. He's a 17th-round pick. Wasn't very good in the minors, but he finds his way up to the majors but the score doesn't even do it justice. They can't even believe he's in the pros. They're like, you know what? Just leave his team as null because I'm sure he'll be gone any minute, which is fucked up. But other than that, you know what? A win's a win. Calhoun with another RBI. Paven Smith gets an RBI. Christian Walker starting to put it together. But more importantly, the starting nine all with base knocks. You might be wondering, damn, all nine Diamondbacks? Do we have nine guys that can get a hit? Nick Ahmed didn't play. So there's your answer. I mean, um, maybe that's why. Yeah, and then Dalton Varsho, a two-run home run uh, in the 10th. That gave them the 6-3 lead before we were able to come in and shut the door for the 6-4 victory. Uh, he was the catcher that night, batted fifth. And I'm just going to go kind of get on my soapbox here really quick about Dalton Varsho. Um, Dalton Varsho has batted every single spot in the order this season, but fourth. He ba- this week, he batted fifth, second, and seventh. Dude, he's done everything to impress when it comes – to just playing pro baseball. He's got an 827 OPS versus lefties. So he's not Jake Lamb. This isn't a guy who we're going to be platooning. I mean, Jake Lamb was a one-year wonder who couldn't hit lefties. Marshall's a, like a catcher and outfielder guy, right? Yes, yeah, so, and that's what we're going to get into. Is he's solid. I, so I don't watch baseball really at all. All Most of my uh, like contact with the baseball world just comes in, this, in the first 20 minutes of this podcast. That's so funny, the contact um, with the baseball world. It's true. <laughs> But uh, she okay, had Patrick uh, a, good friend of, a good friend of ours, Kevin, 
uh, look like I every every time I talk to him on Xbox, I just like won't be paying attention until he'll mention something about Dalton Barshow to Bennett or Nick, like who clearly don't care as well. Yeah, um, but I, Kevin's the only guy I can talk to on Xbox. He's a really good player, and I kind of wanted to dive into it. Like, is it a fluke? What's he doing? What's his splits like? Is it a Jake Lamb scenario? But 827 OPS versus lefty says, you know what? I can hit same side pitching. He's got an identical OPS road and home, which means, hey, it's not a chase field thing. It's not a sandbox thing. I can hit really anywhere I play. He's got a 945 second half OPS. Remember how he started the season? It was a struggle bus. Now he's balling out. He's got 10 homers in 48 games in the second half ton of pop and here's his OPS per position or kind of his slash lines per position. Cause I want to see how he's playing adjusting to the outfield as well as a catcher. He's hitting 225, So not great, but he's slugging 414 with 338 OPS or OBP bringing up to a 753 OPS for a catcher. You'll take it any day of the week. And oh, here's yeah. the interesting things, Garrett, as a corner outfielder, he hits 333 in the left field, 385 in right. His OPS is 1.030 in left field and 1.077 in right field. He's slugging over 667 in both left and right. He's an absolute beast in the corner spots. His struggle is center field where he's never played before in his life. And we try to put him out there. Very many catcher center field. Exactly. And his center field, he hits 169 with a 385 slugging for a 613 OPS, which isn't going to get it done, but I don't know why we're doing what we did with Cattell Marte. He played second Pollock played center Pollock leaves to LA. And we're like, you know what Cattell learn how to play center. It's not that hard. Cattell's a freak athlete. So is Dalton Varsho. He's got speed, but that's Mm -hmm. a big change. You're going from behind the plate to playing center field, trying to be the alpha in the outfield. I don't think it's going to work. I think we should kill that experience now. I can't be the only one looking at these numbers. The Dalton Varsho experience. I, I, I might actually be the only person looking at these these numbers, Garrett. I'm sure the Diamondbacks haven't done their the Diamondbacks due, due diligence. The not doing this homework. But all I'm saying is get him out of center, play him in corner outfield, and have him split with Carson Kelly and the backstop. That's a good one-two punch. Kelly Varsho, and then your outfield, David Peralta, Dalton Varsho, Cole Calhoun. You got guys. So that's where we sit yeah. on that one. Let's head to the last game. So there's a win there. We'll head to Sunday's game where I get to bring up Brandon Singer again. D-Max lose 6-7. Zach Gallon, six innings pitched, four earned, five hits, seven Ks, one walk. Uh, the game started with single, strikeout, walk, strikeout, three-run shot. Three of the first five to begin the game scored off of a Correa three-run homer. After that, Zach Gallon was near perfect. Five and a third innings pitched, one earned run, three hits, five Ks, no walks. Uh, just slow starter. That's all it was. Um, for the Dimebacks, they went against former D-backs ace, Zach Grinke. And we showed him the 50 states. The whole 50 states, Garrett. We, mm-hmm. we didn't miss one. He goes four innings pitched, five earned runs, three Ks only. We got to him in the third and the fourth innings. Smith, Kelly, Varsho, and Walker, all with RBIs. Um, and we were in good shape right there. The game was 6-4 after um, homeboy... Uh, um, Gallon was able to settle down. And then here's where it can get it. I have this game money line plus 210. Because Sunday I like to get all those bets out there. You know, we were on the Patriots, yeah. we're on the we're on the Bears, we're on other shitty teams that couldn't cover, like the Chiefs, even though the first two did cover. But you know, I got on some baseball action. The Chiefs shitty. I'm mad. 
Okay. okay. We'll get to that. But Super Bowl favorites. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm going, you know what? They're going against Zach Greinke. They know his stuff. He doesn't throw very fast and he hasn't been super effective this year for Houston. He's been really good, but not Zach, a Zach Greinke, in my opinion. Mm. I think Lance McCullers or Luis Garcia is kind of the ace in that Astros rotation yeah, right now. I'm McCullers sure they start is good, dude. Very good. That curveball is wicked, wicked, wicked smart curveball. But mm-hmm. so the Dimebacks go to the pen in the seventh. And I'm hoping to see names like Neo Ramirez, Tyler Clippard, really anybody, uh, JB uh, Wendelkin. I mean, those three names are probably the first three names I'd want to see. I'd want to see them go Wendelkin, Ramirez, and uh, Clippard as someone that bet on this team. They go with Luis Frias in his MLB debut. Big K guy, 332 Ks and about 300 innings pitched in the minors. He had a pretty good minor league ERA, Garrett. And then I decided to look at it a little bit more. Uh, this guy has blown all year. Uh, He's a 5.82 triple A ERA and near identical in double A. He's just not a very good pitcher when it comes to pitching against near MLB ready, you know, talent and bats. And that was unfortunate because you know what? You would want anybody in the, in the minor leagues and the Diamondbacks organization to do well. But Luis Frias wasn't one of those guys this year. And he ends up being called up regardless of performance. It looks like, and it showed he gave up three walks and only got two runners out. So your boy, Neil Ramirez had to come in and retire the final batter, or at least try to with the bases loaded. He was able to do it. So the score remains six, four. We head to the eighth when Brandon Singer comes into the game and I saw him pitch the day before, but then I'm looking at this. I'm like, this guy's not good. And he's in the eighth in a hold situation, trying to shut out one of the best offenses in pro baseball. He faces four batters. He goes single out home run, home run. My, my lead is gone. Uh, we're now trailing six, seven, and that's that. So Brandon Singer, thanks pal. I really appreciate that. I thought about cashing out, but I was like, you're not that fucking bad. And it was the bottom of the order. You have home runs like Martin Maldonado and some other ass hat I've never heard of. So I appreciate that pal. Uh, and I looked up his numbers, Singer, like Frias, they were terrible in triple a and they get called up anyways. Is our pitching that bad everywhere? Like who's our pitching? Probably coach? who's the guy that oversees all this. Like it's, uh, it's like the SpongeBob, uh, you know, that like uh, meme where SpongeBob's in his own head with like a hundred other SpongeBob's and everything, everything's burning. Uh-huh. Now that's the Dimebacks pitching, uh, depth and, uh, development department there. So there Poor you Dimebacks. go. And we have two more games. Not much to talk about after that. We played the Braves Monday and Tuesday. What do you know? We got shellacked twice as the Braves tried to win the NL East. Um, Humberto Mejia started on Monday. Just like the other two. Not very good. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Old, not good minor league pitchers. He got shelled. Four innings pitched. Six earned. Four Ks. I mean, damn. Like, you can't get it done in AAA. Let's call you up to the major leagues. Makes no sense to me. Uh, Jake McCarthy, though, we talked about him before. He's on a five, six game hitting streak. It snapped last night. He hit his first big league home run. Good for you, Jake. I hope you can keep it up. And then hell we lost last night. Got our dicks kicked in. Uh, Luke Weaver, 6.2 innings pitch, three earned, seven hits, seven Ks. Not terrible. Two unearned runs off a van meter error on the first batter of the game. Other than that, I thought it was a quality start against a really good lineup. They have in Atlanta, you know, Duvall, Riley, Freeman, Ozzie Albies. So good for him. Um, he gave up three homers. 
That's the, that was the big issue there. Riley, Soler, and Albies with the set home runs. Uh-huh. Um, and then last night, uh, Il, 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 Il Demaro Vargas, dear God. Ilhan that, Omar. I struggle to say that. Il Demaro Vargas got called up. You might remember him as being on the Diamondbacks in six, or 17, 18, 19. He gets called up. He was on the Diamondbacks earlier this year before he got designated for assignment, went to the Cubs, designated for assignment, went to the Pirates, designated for assignment. Naturally, nobody fucking wants this guy, so we take him back. We DFA Jake Feria, 5.56 ERA with his time here in Arizona. Was kind of a stud in Tampa Bay. They expected a lot from his off-speed pitch, pitches. Never really worked out. Um, yeah, so Vargas is back. That's cool. And then Cattell, Varsho, and Vargas all had two hits last night. So there we are with our Diamondbacks talk. We're not very good, obviously. The Orioles, the Orioles blew it in um, in extras last night to the Phillies. So right now, as the standings look, the Orioles are forty-eight and one hundred three, and the Diamondbacks are forty-eight and one hundred three. It's going to be a great game, a great great finish. D-backs are fifty games out of first place. The Orioles are forty-four and a half out of first place. So I think they should give it to us. And Garrett, here's the kicker: if we tie, guess what the standings go to. Or guess who gets us? first pick? The team that had the worst record in 2020. And God, it was actually oh. us. We were really, really bad. So uh, we just got to tie them. We have the tiebreaker, so that's good. Um, D-backs will play again today where they will take on the Braves to finish the three-game set or the four-game set. So they have uh, Ian Anderson versus Miral Kelly. I'm sure Anderson will absolutely shove. And then tomorrow is Charlie Morton versus Madison Bumgarner, two old guys going at it. In other baseball news, really quick, we had Connor McGregor throw out the first pitch last night. Did you see that by any chance? Yeah, he's got some heat. Yeah, I, I they say he might have did it. He, it was maybe on purpose. Um, I don't know. Maybe just held on to it too long. I'm looking at the grip right now. It looks like he was trying to throw a slide piece from the uh, sidearm angle, like he was Matt Stafford. Uh, he almost uh, hit the uh, first base dug, third base dugout. So that's not I know. good. You'd realize, yeah, he almost took a fan's tooth out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the first time he did that, but it'd be the first time he did it with with a baseball. Um, uh huh. Yeah, like that. the first time he did it with not a bottle of whiskey. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then in other baseball news, the Cards and the Blue Jays are on fire. Cards went ten straight after sweeping the Dodgers. Uh, not the Dodgers, the Padres. They're looking to sweep the uh, looking to sweep the Brewers. They're in division rival. I mean, the Cardinals don't have a lot of pitching. They have Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty's hurt. Miles Michaelis just came back. Hung, uh, the Kim guy from uh, the KBO the goat, is in the bullpen. I just don't know how they're doing it. Really, it's Tyler O'Neill, Nolan Arenado, and Paul Goldschmidt hitting dingers. And Shout out to hitting. the KBL guy, though. Yeah, yo, Kim, he's not a bad pitcher. He have just we, doesn't have a lot of stretch. Have we ever home, mentioned how home, we were home, desperate Kim? for action? No idea. I think um, that's what it is. Uh I'll defer to you, even though I should not on last names. Um, have we ever talked about how we were so desperate for action one time? Well, not even one time, like for a whole month and a half, we were just betting Korean baseball. It's yeah, it was during the night. pandemic, and it was the only thing that was around. I, I remember some of the teams you had, uh, the Dinos. Um, the Dinos yeah. were good. Some of them were not even named after cities. Some of them it was, was like, like the Samsung Galaxy S3 Sharks. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> now that is funny. Uh, um, that yes. was fun. But um, other than them, other than Cardinals, the Blue Jays are absolutely on fire right now as well. Really, the Cardinals really. I think the Cardinals are locked into that second wild card spot, eighty-one and sixty-nine. You have the Reds are four games back, but 
I just don't see it. The Phillies are four and a half games back. back. They're back five. The Pods are 76 and 74. They are two games over 500. There's a chance they go under 500. Garrett, they, they're pathetic. They are downright pathetic. So they, they've been on a skid. I haven't paid attention at all. They've been on a skid the last – I think they played. just played the Dodgers and then they played the Giants in a series right now or yesterday, like ending yesterday. Yeah, so. they, play, they, they played the Giants and the Dodgers, and they, they got swept by L.A. They've lost six straight against the Dodgers. They Jesus. split against the Giants just to get they don't, uh, they don't swept by the Cards. I'm telling you, this all happened when the Dodger, when the Padres lost three or four against the Diamondbacks. They lost three or yeah, four. Yeah, they did that. They did that like right when I got out here too. Yeah, so no, that was in August. That's mid-August. They lose three or four to Arizona. Then they get swept by Colorado. Then they drop a series against the Phillies. Then they get swept by the Dodgers. They split against the Angels. Then they finally win a series against the Diamondbacks, but they only take two or three. And then they beat the Dodgers in a series, two or three. So you're like, okay, maybe they're figuring this out. But then they go to Chavez Ravine again. They get swept by the Dodgers, and they just can't handle that. So uh, looking at their schedule, dude, they have the Giants twice. They had the Braves for a four-game set, the Dodgers for three, and the Giants for three. They're not getting in. It's over then. No. The Phillies have an outside chance. You'd have to go significantly over 500 and sweep the Cardinals. The the Phillies have an outside chance because they got Baltimore today. Then they got a four-game set against Pitt, and they have three games set against set against Seattle. So they have an outside chance, but honestly, I'm chalking it up right now unless Philly no. can take three or four against Pitt and beat Baltimore tonight. But the Cardinals can't lose, so it won't matter. And then in the American League, obviously you got the Blue Jays, boy Vladdy. They're in the second wild card spot. Yankees a half game back. That should be fun. And the Mariners and A's just keep beating the shit out of each other. So none of them are getting head away in the wild card race. Should uh-huh. be fun, Garrett. That's where we're at right now with those teams. Any other baseball news you can think of? I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that we may need to talk about when it comes to baseball? Are you, you're asking me if there's baseball. <laughs> um, uh, I get. Yeah, let's. Uh, we can talk very, very briefly. So about Barry Bonds. Vlad, yes, baseball uh-huh. catcher Barry Bonds. Um, so Vlad Guerrero. I think last week really talked about it. Vlad Guerrero had like a narrow lead in homers. Mm-hmm. It was like right there in RBI and was i think leading the league in batting average i didn't really look past like him and shohei and then maybe batting average like a couple other people sal perez fucking going off you know and what's funny about that is when we brought up the home run chase we said hey is it gonna be i didn't even know sal perez was around no, I knew he was up there. He beat Johnny Bench's home run record, and he plays DH a lot. So people are like, I don't know if it should count as a home run record because he's a catcher half the time, DH half the time. But no, I get exactly what you're saying. He hit three straight home runs in the Oakland series, uh, September 14th, 15th, and 16th. And when we posed the question last week, we said, who's going to be the home run leader? Is it going to be Vlad or is it going to be Shohei? Well, shit, it might be someone we didn't even talk about in Perez. And what's crazier about this is Vlad leads the league in home runs, leads the league in hits. Leads the league in batting average. He's fifth in RBIs. He's right there. He's just got to catch up to Jose Ramirez. Not Jose Ramirez. Jose Abreu. Uh, Sal Perez. And ta- his teammate, Teoscar Hernandez. But <clears throat> dude, he's pacing a near triple crown, and he's still not going to win the MVP because Shohei Otani is an absolute freak show. But what's crazier, just looking at these stats, is the Blue Jays have four guys that are in the top five in all major batting categories. Vlad Guerrero, Marcus Simeon, Bo Bichette, and Teoscar Hernandez. Crazy. If I get the second, if I get the first wild card, I, that's a team that I don't want to face. And you know what's going to come out of the AL, AL East is whether it's going to be the Red Sox or the uh, 
the Rays, and right now it's looking like it's going to be the Sox because the Rays have a six-game lead over the Sox, seven-and-a-half-game lead over the Blue Jays. But, damn, that's going to be a hell of a wild-card game. Hell of a wild-card game. And I think whoever wins that – if the Blue Jays win it, they have a chance. Hunjin Ryu and Robbie Ray. That's a nice little one-two punch. I love Uh, that, though. Robbie Ray is now – not he's a bona fide star in the major leagues after he left. There's Arizona. something about like people who suck, like are good, but suck on the diamondbacks that leave. And you're like, it's good to see them doing well. Yeah. I, I tell you right now, Nick Ahmed, Except goes for somewhere. AJ Pollock, but he was good at the diamondbacks. Yeah. Nick, Nick Ahmed goes anywhere. He's 260, 275, 15 homers, gold glove again. Just like Joaquin is fucking pounding his desk angry right now. Uh-huh, and comes home. What's this girl's name? that it throws his keys Uh, yeah it's just it's tough news but that's our baseball talk next week is going to be a good one because this wild card race is going to be amazing down to the stretch it's going to be fun to watch we'll be able to recap that and hopefully when we're back for d-backs talk they are in dead last so now that we're done with that garrett we get a pivot to your favorite sport your favorite segment ncaa Uh football crazy week three i thought it was a good one yeah. It's it was a week three to remember. So there was a couple heartbreaks in there. <clears throat> um, I had a parlay hinging on UCLA. Look, you know what? I don't want to start with UCLA. We'll get to that later. Um, I say we start with the game of the because there's so we have the games of the weekend, obviously. The games on Saturday, loaded slate, but there's always three or four to five to six games Thursday and Friday, sometimes Wednesday when we get into action. That mm-hmm. there's always a game where you're like, damn, that was a good one to sit through. And this week it was UCF against Louisville. UCF was my team to bet. I love Dylan Gabriel. I said if he can do what Matt Corral did, or at least half of what he did, who, by the way, now Matt Corral is leading in the Heisman odds at like plus 600. Just throwing that out there really quick. Uh, star over there for Ole Miss awesome. and Giffen squad. But it was a battle back and forth. UCF was unable to kind of take much, you know, charge in that game. Uh, fourth quarter, Louisville marching to go get the win against UCF. And Malik Cunningham, who I thought played a pretty damn good game up to this point, mm-hmm. throws an interception. I don't remember if it was batted or if it was um, off someone's fingertips because I remember the whole drive that he started from there on 25. He looked really, really sharp. First and 10, 10-yard completion. First and 10, incomplete. And then a 13-yard completion. Then a six-yard completion. And then the pick. And then Dylan Gabriel comes right back, and they run kind of like a levels concept. And I believe it was off the UCF guy's body, right? Right to the Louisville defender, if I remember correctly. And that I was think a so you're talking about the game ending pick six, right? The pick six, yes. I believe that One was of the off, most exciting play that I've ever seen. That was off shoulder pads or off fingertips. It was an errant throw. It was touched, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Alderman goes the distance, um, <clears throat> 66 yards for the Louisville touchdown. They win 42 35. Dylan Gabriel is going to be out for what they say three weeks potentially. Um, it's something with his clavicle. So I have no idea that those uh-huh. are always weird, especially with quarterbacks. Um, I mean, probably more so with D linemen because you're always like, pushing and shit. Um, uh-huh. I, God knows when Dylan Gabriel's coming back. Um, but he, he I don't win, know man. anything about the backup, backup through one pass. But, um, so Malik Cunningham is a guy, he's been around, he's been at Louisville <clears> for, I think a couple years since, I think he took over for Jawan Pass when, uh, Lamar left, right? Does that sound right? Yeah, Malik's been around for a while. I remember watching him last year too and hating him. At least last him this year, year. he's gone a lot better. The year before as well. 
and I like he's always he's a freak at he's awesome he's fun to watch and I feel like every time I don't bet him like he does shit like this where he goes uh you know he had 265 in the air touchdown effect fine but he ran for 102 scores he was electric all day against a really really good he was uh, the best player UCF on that field defense. oh yeah yeah he took over mm-hmm. um and I know had and I know if I took Louisville to the points he would go you know 14 for 28 192 no touchdowns pick and then seven picks yeah break the record no i agree Uh with that i remember when we took him uh when we were up in the cabin um, in pine top he was like nine for like 28 for like 14 yards and seven picks 20 carries for seven yards he's a player i absolutely love and just like it just like however however it shakes out every time i bet on it it just does not they played Tech, right so exciting i love him they played somebody uh, and they got lit the fuck up on defense too. It was one of those games was, where the bet was over before it started. No, it was Florida State. Yeah, that says a lot. So um, no, but I like Cunningham. I thought he passed the ball really well too. He's a good quarterback. It was a oh, great yeah. game to start um, the weekend off really because Ohio Louisiana was a snooze fest. Doesn't count the day yeah. before. Doesn't count. That's not real football. And then Maryland Illinois barely counts. To his brother though, uh, drove Maryland down for the game winning field goal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you forget mm-hmm. he's still there. Uh, I know how bad Tawilia, so, Tonga Tonga I know. Good uh, stuff. How bad is Nebraska to lose to Illinois? It's <clears throat> worse than Maryland, but then somehow, like that, just says a lot about Oklahoma too. Now, Maryland's three and fraudulent. I know, but it's Maryland. You beat West Virginia. Who beat? Did Virginia they really? Tech. Yeah, no, we'll get it. We'll get into that. Well, that's the next game we're going to get into because that was a 9 a.m. game that had the first ranked opponent or kind of a ranked matchup per se, um, was 15 Virginia Tech heading to Morgansville to play, or I mean uh, Morgantown to play the West Virginia Mountaineers, who, like we talked to on the show, out Dana Holgerson, their quarterback, yes, he's related to Seth Doge in, uh, in Jarrett Doge, but he hasn't been great really. Bowling Green It's not transfer. like he took over on Saturday. I, no, and, and Letty Brown is – Letty Brown, I mean, he's such a hit or miss running back. When you look at his stats, he was terrible against LIU. Fucking LIU. He had 14 carries for 23 yards. And then he was, wasn't very good against Maryland either. And then he goes absolutely banana sandwich against Virginia Tech. And Garrett, Bowie, he was buoyed a lot by that big run, though. Yes, but, but this game was seen to be completely out of reach for West Virginia, for Virginia Tech late in the third From quarter. The yeah, yeah it was, it was, was their asses kicked. Yeah, it, it was 24-7 heading into halftime, and you pretty much wanted to write off Virginia Tech totally, but they get the pick late in the game, a complete errant throw from Jar- Jarrett Doge, third and 10 at their own 25. Just you know, throw it away if you have to or run the ball and punt and trust your defense. But instead, up six, they try to throw for it. Doge gets picked, up, picked off. And Virginia Tech starts with the ball at their own 17 with two and change remaining. And honestly, they looked pretty good. They get to the West Virginia 11 on the next play. Second and four, Holston rushes for eight yards. They're at the three-yard line, Garrett. First and goal at the three. All you have to do is punch it in. You have four opportunities, and they cannot do it. They run it on first down, Garrett, and immediately go to pass, pass, Mm -hmm. pass. And what's worse, in my opinion, of that, is that fourth down? Did you like that play call? The kind of roll out to your right, kind of you know corner, you know slanting out kind of concept they had going on. They, they for, rolled him out, just hope to God line. somebody got open. None of the 
the thing is like if that concept's fine if it's you know it's like you know third and short fourth and short and you're on like the 30 you have space to make things happen you're in the end zone you were right there there's no there's nowhere to spread out there's nowhere to go if you don't have someone open it's either try tuck it and try to run it in or throw it across the field and probably get picked off um virginia tech broke my heart broke my fucking heart to get to, and- to get down that close i so i took virginia tech money line i think we said that on the last show um to be down that much come storming back and lose on some bullshit like that i don't mm-hmm. I, I just really it, hurt really hurt my feelings it seemed like it was a trap line and i don't believe in trap lines virginia tech also had a uh, west, who the fuck is west Virginia? yeah but they had four Why? opportunities at the three yard line to win the game they couldn't do it i'm a big believer of hey let's run it four times if we can't I get three yards agree. as the better team we you're don't play ohio state anyways. you're playing west virginia yeah so that was a good way to start the week with a complete l i was doing the Fortnite l dance uh-huh. On that, it was, it was a good game. Uh, Oklahoma sucks. They're fraudulent. Spencer Rattler, I'm not going to say it's on him because you look at the numbers. He threw for sh- very, very low yards per attempt on an offense that's notorious for absolutely Big shucking plays. the ball around with Murray, yeah, Hurts, and in Mayfield. It wasn't great. He played almost safe, safe football, and they ran the ball well. But you just look at the numbers from an offensive standpoint. It looks he like he was outplayed by Martinez. It looks like they're yeah they're playing very safe football, and if it wasn't, I know I know Nebraska scored their last touchdown, but dude, the Cornhuskers got the ball back to go for go for the tie, like yeah. just go. They got the ball back with fifty seven seconds left. Obviously, it didn't work, but there was a chance mm-hmm. they could have gone out and tied that game. I if you're an OU fan, you can blame Austin Jackman. He's the one that took OU minus twenty two and a half, so that's why they didn't cover because the guy he can't did bet. Not. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, Oklahoma, they have West Virginia this week. They're at home, so they should be able to handle them. Upset but K-State, alert. K-State, first week of October, let's not forget, Spencer Rattler's 0-1 against K-State. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Forgot about yes. that. They have a little small running back playing too, right? Uh, I, I haven't watched them play much. I bet on them twice now this year. So, uh, And they've covered both times. That's all I know. But I know they play um, good defense. But there you go. Very, very quickly, Miami sucks. Miami, fire, dear fire, lord, uh, they've game. given up. Their coach is that bad. Mexican dude. What's his name? I can say that because I'm Mexican. I know. Yeah, I was gonna say careful, but I guess you're uh-huh. right. Right, teeter. You're teetering on the line. Um, Manny, Manny, something. I almost want to say Manny Fuentes, but that doesn't sound right. Uh, Manny, uh, the Manny from uh, Modern Family. No, it's Manny. Is it Manny Fuentes? You look it up. You look it up while I break down why Miami is so goddamn awful. Uh, your Hurricanes are one and two, and I don't like when people are like, oh, my God, they almost lost to App State, too. App State's a very good program, so I don't want to hear that. Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz, close to Fuentes. Um, uh, Fuentes. That's actually hilarious. The Diaz. first articles that come up is reported potential candidates for when Miami moves on. From yeah, it's a, it's a ticking time bomb there. Michigan State has been okay in the last couple of years. Uh, Brian Lewerke was pretty good his first year, and then ever since. Been, I didn't even know of, okay sums it up. Michigan Michigan State lost to ASU. They're a faltering program. It's, they're three they're not what they were, and D'Antonio is not there, is he? Uh, I hope not. I think Let he is, see. though. I really think he is. I think it would have been bigger news if he would have left. They're 3-0 this year. They got wins at Miami and a win at Northwestern. Some, some quality wins. 
Um, Derek King's like 70 years old. and He is not the Michigan State coach anymore. D'Antonio is gone. I figured. Derek King wasn't great. The offense, I mean, outside of Charleston Rambo, the receiver, they weren't great. Uh, you look kind of where, where do things go wrong? Uh, rushing yards, 52 to 193. There's your answer. Um, the yeah. sacks are the same, but hey, Derek King, two picks, Miami, two fumbles, four turnovers to zero. You're not, you're not going to win a lot. You're not going to win that game. Uh, Kenneth Walker's awesome, uh, Michigan State's running back. But, um, they, I mean, they played down the entire day, so kind of took running a little bit of the game script. But Derek King, I mean, not an amazing game. He had that ugly fucking fumble, uh, like in the third quarter, the sack fumble we got returned. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek King threw 60 passes, almost 400 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, but like he was slinging it a little bit. Now, as a do, passer, do... as a passer, like Derek King's like super small, doesn't have a great arm. And I've never like thought, I thought of him more like kind of as, as he was in Houston. Mm-hmm. It's like a guy who was quick, could move around a little bit, push the ball, like sort of, um, but was a threat with his legs and like kind of opened up alleys that way. Um, and against Michigan State didn't have the opportunity to do that. He looked really good well he's hurt right now he injured his shoulder so he's going to be out and i was going to say anyways uh they take central connecticut state on this weekend you know a real slugfest that's going to be but uh king's out he's older i think it's time you look at some youth um and yeah. see who who might you know call, step call up martell i was going to say hit taylor martell's the landline and be like apologize first and foremost and baby, ask baby i'm so sorry dude he's not even playing at unlv and they're terrible yeah, I don't, dude. He fell off. He just had a really cool name. Yeah, I, he had all the tattoos and the sleeves, and he could run, and then he played he was, a little he receiver. He was Yeah, so Tate Martell, he, he, you got to turn on the bat signal in Miami and have it say uh, TM on it. Mm-hmm. See if you can get him uh, back. But we'll see who they play. Maybe they got some youth in there, and they can figure it out. Not that I'm going to watch that game at all because it's Central Connecticut State, but I, I might as well check the box score like I always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo. Oh, you, you, but you knew Buffalo, Buffalo, you knew Buffalo, who had that running back last year. What was that dude's name? The dude who ran for like like three thousand yards. You know yeah, what I'm talking insane. about? Insane. Yeah, like thirty drafted? touchdowns. Um, I think he was like six rounder. Um, um, he was really he's I don't, yeah. It doesn't look like he's there anymore. No, he's not there um, anymore. Coastal I looked, Carolina survived this scare. Buffalo is a lot better. No, but you knew Buffalo was going to give him their best. At Coastal Carolina, oh is yeah, gonna get Coastal looked good. They're going to get everybody's best effort. Coastal Carolina is the team now. Like, everybody's going to go oh, after yeah. them. Damon Appalachian oh, State yeah. are on a beeline to the Sun Belt Championship. So I know. Honestly, if they're both, if they're both undefeated, winner goes to the CFB. Um, you go to uh, Indiana. I'm joking, by the way, for those who can't see me laughing. Uh, I do love them, though. You like how I just took it as, as, uh, as, as what's the word I'm looking for? I took it as. Took it, it as gospel. Value. I'm gonna say um, I took it as gospel. As gospel, uh, you were well, right. What I say is the, go- the gospel. Uh, you you, so. you preaching now, but mm-hmm. uh, no, I. <laughs> his name was Jarrett Peter uh, Patterson. Garrett, that was the running. Oh, back he's last in. Year. I think he's in Washington. Oh, he is in Washington. He is in Washington. That is 100. I knew right. that. I knew that name, but I didn't realize that was him. He scored uh, 52 touchdowns in three seasons. God, uh, McCall. <laughs> 19 passes looked solid on the ground. Uh, Shamari Jones, I mean, week in and week out is a stud. Well, uh, that's our team, man. 
That's our yeah. team. And I know in the bowl game, I'm going to take them with points, whoever they play, because that innovative offense is amazing. As a coach, uh, lo- love I love watching them play. I can't wait for that App State game. But what was really – the game of the early morning had to be Cincinnati-Indiana. Absolutely. The Cincinnati, everyone's like, are they going to be looking ahead to the Notre Dame game? Because they have a bye week now, and then they head over to South Bend to play the Irish. But Indiana was ranked to start the season. They have Indiana's what, better than they appear. They have what some people would call a pretty good quarterback in Michael Penix. You see what I did there? Anyways, he's, ta- uh, he's talented. He's very talented. He's yes. excited. I think they're – He's not a guy that like is going to lead them to a championship. He's a guy that like safe Indiana played. I mean, I was going to say safe Indiana played Ohio State, but he fought, he did it last year. He almost beat Ohio State last year. It was it but, wasn't because of anybody else but him. No, I'm, what I'm saying, like what I'm what I, what I watched that game almost in its entirety, if not its full entirety. Actually, I think I t- turned it on when they were down 14-0 because I was like, I got to see if Cincinnati can come back, and that's exactly what they did. They know, outscored someone- Indiana. 38 to 10 the rest of the way. It's after uh, that big bo- targeting call, though. Yeah, it was. That, that should have stopped uh, the drive completely. Um, yeah. I was most impressed with Cincinnati wide receiver. Not since, yeah, Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce. Have you seen this man play football? He's like six um, foot eight. He's really six three, two ten, but still, this guy is a beast, man. He can high point the ball. He had five receptions for 86 yards and a tutty. I man. mean, he's averaging like 18, 17 yards per reception this year. He's a big target that Desmond Ritter likes a lot. I'm a fan of that guy, and I like that kind of presence in the goal line, and especially uh, out on the perimeter. Just throw it up, man. Throw it up. I thought oh, it was yeah. a good win. And they have uh, a whole Cincy, week to prepare for the Irish. I know, dude. I love I honestly might take Cincinnati money line coming up. I don't know yet for sure. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll post the place on Twitter mm-hmm. when we put the pot out. Um, but Rit, like Cincinnati's offense – I never had any doubts Cincinnati could score play offense. Their defense is strong, but it's like, it's strong as an AAC defense. Mm-hmm. So I was really curious forcing that many turnovers. They had three picks um, and a fumble uh, four turnovers against a solid big 12 opponent. Cincinnati's for real. And what I really liked about 10, Cincinnati against a big 10 team was how balanced they and were. And stifled the run. Stifled the run. Yeah, they, they were very good. Yes, they were. They, they really were. But most importantly, dude, like, yeah, they only had 320 yards of offense, but 210 passing, 118 rushing. They like to keep it balanced. Ritter threw mm-hmm. the ball 36 times, but they also ran the ball 33 times. That is completely balanced. Uh, it was Ritter also had 10 and 45 and a score. Oh, they yeah, let the they boy have, forward go, man. More, uh, they get more yards if they don't have those four turnovers. It's a, it's a uh-huh. position. They just don't have to go very far. Maybe, you know, maybe they don't yeah. score 38, but yeah. No, I get what you're saying. And, and you know, they got to clean that up when they play the Irish because Jack Cohen, I like to think, is a better quarterback than Michael Phoenix. But um, I, I mean, agree with that. Jerome Ford, 20 carries for 66 yards and two scores. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily do justice for him because they're in that fourth quarter, dude. He started to turn it up a bit. He had some decent runs there on the goal line heading to the north side of the end zone. And I, I was a fan of his mm. late in that game when they were trying to run the ball down Indiana's throats to kind of ice the game. He runs hard. Big fan of Jerome Ford, even though the numbers don't suggest it. Oh, yeah. Um, just scrolling through. Uh, Michigan kicked the piss out of Northern Illinois. Michigan, are they back, Garrett? Is Michigan back? Dude. Can they beat Ohio State? I think this is the year, or am I an absolute This is their one chance. Thinking that. I this think is it is, too. one chance. Um, Until and it's CJ not... Stroh figures it out, man. Dude, so Michigan, Michigan is playing like 1940s football. Oh yeah! How much they're fucking running the ball? Oh yeah! Against so when they beat 
who did they play last week or two weeks Washington ago? And Washington. And Blake Corum. Blake Corum like lit them passes. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corum, dude, Corum is good. Blake um, Corum is the real deal. It's smash mouth football in in, in Michigan and right now. Edwards are both soft. Like, they four guys over 40 yards, two over mm-hmm. 80. Like, they – holy shit. The one Three thing I will say – They ran for seven, eight touchdowns on the ground. Oh, like, dude, they, they are smash mouth football. They will need a little bit more out of Cade uh, McNamara because he was not good against Washington. He didn't turn the ball over, and that's half the battle, honestly. He just didn't do anything, yeah. Yeah, he didn't do much. The game script was, hey, let's run the ball and don't intercept it. But 7 for 15 for 44 yards isn't good. Is CJ Strode, as he's done all season long, he goes stretches of looking awful, overthrows, holding the ball too long, leaving the pocket when it's not necessary, stepping up in the pocket when it's not necessary, and then he'll go on a stretch of dime, 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 yeah. dime downfield. You're going to have to keep up with that. So if I'm Cade McNamara, figure that it game's out. not coming up next week, is it? No, it, let's look right now. I got the schedule up. Michigan three and zero. They got Rutgers this week. Kind of a trap game. game. Rutgers That'll be is not game. that bad. Rutgers What's the coach's good. name? The old uh, NFL coach, Shiano. Uh, Shiano, Greg Shiano. Then they're the, at the, Wisconsin. The, the biggest asshole in, in Bucks uh, history. That that Ohio State game is the last game of the season, November twenty seventh. Oh duh! Why do I even ask that? It's right the week game. Um, but it's gonna be a good one. It's going to come down to Michigan's defense. I think their offense, if it continues the way it's going, their offense is going to be able to control the ball, control the clock. <clears throat> just a matter of whether or not their defense can be able to stop Ohio State, a late season Ohio State team from just yeah. scoring whatever the fuck they want. And they, have, they haven't been able to in the last. McNamara should, should improve in the sense that, hey, you know what? If you're going to come out in 22, 21 personnel and you're going to run the ball down our throat, we're going to stack the box. We're going to be four down, three linebackers, roll a safety down. If you can't play action pass out of that, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You're just maybe not a quarterback and they'll switch to the other kid that everybody likes. The um, His name escapes me, but I know everybody's a big fan of his. Um, I got this uh, McCarthy, JJ McCarthy. So we'll see. Um, the other game of notice was game I bet on. I did not tell Twitter about it. I apologize. Minnesota at Colorado. Minnesota skunks them 30 to zero. Uh, just shout out, row the boat. I'm uh, Minnesota boat. is the opposite of Miami, right? Minnesota plays Ohio State early in the season and loses. And what do they do? They come back with back-to-back victories against Miami of Ohio and Colorado, trying to stay tough mentally throughout the season. It's a long season, man. That one loss doesn't define you. It should be the same thing with Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, you lost to Alabama. That one loss shouldn't define you, but sometimes that's how it is. Florida State with Notre Dame, sometimes that's how it is. So that was a good game. Not worth talking about. Just shout out to my Gophers. Uh, Notre Dame versus Purdue. All the money was on Purdue plus seven and a half. I was liking the Irish because Purdue didn't play anybody. You beat the shit out of fucking I know. UConn. I think, it, I think it's a matter of like Notre Dame sucks. I, you, you know what? Sorry. The Notre Dame win against Florida State looks more and more suspect each and every Honestly, I think Honestly, I think it looks bad they, they even played. Yes. And then, and then the Toledo win. I mean, what do we really know about Toledo other than that Kareem Hunt went there? That's all I know. I know one thing. Um, Kareem Hunt went there. Yeah. I think Notre Dame Cincinnati is going to be really fun. I think it is too, because I think both teams are a little overvalued, but regardless, I think it's going to be a good game. If one of them can really take it up offensively. Okay. Oh, okay, pal. Um, But Purdue, uh, I've thought was noticeable in the fourth quarter, benched uh, our boy uh, Jack Plummer from Gilbert High. He gets benched in favor Mm -hmm. of AOC. Aiden O'Connell, uh-huh. uh, not to get That's mistaken, funny. but yeah, you That's get it. Funny. 
um, who threw two picks. So I don't really get it. He actually played pretty well, minus the last pick of the game. Just yeah. threw it up. But damn, son. Good for the Irish. They get a victory. Their first cover of the season and their first double-digit victory of the season. So good for them. Before um, we move on down the list, just wanna, I mean, we don't need to discuss them really, but I do just want to highlight two things. Pittsburgh, Western Michigan, upset. Huge upset, but it was a crazy game. Complete shootout. Uh, I hate – I Kurt Pickett sucks. Um, second one, UConn is the worst team I've ever seen. Kenny Pickett's good, though. I'm sorry, Kenny Pickett, not Kurt Pickett. He, um, he threw six tutties, though. You said Kenny he sucks? We lost the, as Dennis. He threw Curry for 406 sucks. score. Are you pulling a Dennis guy and just saying he mm-hmm. sucks because he lost the game? I'm sorry, his defense gave up 44 points and let Caleb I mean, Ellaby throw for 337 and three scores. At the same time. And, when's, huh? the last time when's the last time Kurt Pickett, fuck, Kenny Pickett has showed up? I bet on him in that, that the original, the original. Dustin Crumb game, shit the bed. I, I don't know what to tell you, Garrett. 23 for 31 for 382 and six touchdowns? Like, yeah, okay, he threw a pick. If they fumbled twice, I didn't watch the game. Let's see who got the fumbles. Okay, he fumbled twice. You know what? Sell my stock on uh, your boy Pickett, Kenny Pickett. I, mean, I didn't know he had three line. turnovers. Good Never mind. Line, but still, um, yeah, he, th- he turned the ball over three times. You can't have that. You can't cover the spread, though. You can't cover the spread, did. Garrett. The spread was more than 31. Dude, this probably was 35 and a half. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, they're terrible. They are a bad, 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 bad football team. But I will tell you what, that Vanderbilt game later in the year is going to be an absolute, you know, dog and pony show. I can't wait. Dude. October 5th, be there. October October 2nd, at Vandy, sold out crowd. Somebody's not going undefeated. That's all I'm going to say. A lot of – Command or uh, non-commissioned officers ran uh, had an attempt against UConn. UConn, it looks like. Oh, dude! I'm, I'm you know counting what? 15 people, and that's kind of a guess because I don't. Want as to long know. as you're at the academy and you're around the field during kickoff, you got to carry in that. Nah, game. They let the mascot get a carry. A ten, a hut, and you just kind of walked up and you got in the lineup and uh-huh. you uh, ran uh, the ball. Yeah, UConn looks like they ran less than 40 plays. You think they had to run two miles no, up, two miles them. down? Uh, after the game, the Army guys? Uh, yeah, because it was a punishment not to cover the spread. Uh, you know what I think happened? I think they went to a mess hall and they had uh, Army noodles and ketchup. Uh-huh. And then, uh, like, and I, then th- I think a, uh, a, a warm meal would be a welcome, welcome uh, addition to these young gentlemen. Uh huh. And then he, and then blows he bought, his whistle. I had the head coach, Kirahi! Even though that's Curry. in Europe. Uh, <laughs> no, Kirahi's in, in uh, North Carolina. Oh, it, oh yeah, yeah. Because then they. they I know Silver. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a training or whatever. Great, great show. All right, uh, but I think that's on. what happened. Moving yeah, we on. just spent five minutes doing Van Brothers talk. Alabama, Florida, uh, man, probably the game dude, of the day. And no, without a doubt, the game of the day. And I gave Florida no no chance with Emory Jones being the only quarterback with Anthony Richardson not playing. And you know what? He wasn't awesome passing, but he was a great running threat. Twenty for eighty and a score. He did have one turnover, but he threw the ball okay it's just uh alabama's inevitable in my opinion i mean yeah that I know was, it was a that close was a game huge comeback um uh, uh, dude they're okay so alabama went up 21 nothing or 21 three really early um and that so i think last did alabama play miami last week or two weeks ago and that was the opener they played um they beat the, oh, they played, they mercer. played mercer which um, Nick so said guy, this is gonna be a contest the same but. guy who was i was making fun of miami with 
um, we see Alabama go up three scores and we just look at each other and he's laughing his ass off again. He's like, this is the most retarded thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know, probably 15 minutes later, we start looking at each other. 30 minutes later, we're like, mm, maybe we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. Because uh, the opening of that game, identical to Miami. It's just that oh, Florida yeah. has actual athletes and resolve. Yeah, it was 21-3 at the end of the first quarter. Um, fuck Alabama, dude. Uh, I will say this. I absolutely love Bryce Young. Uh, well, I think, how could you not? I think he's the best best Alabama quarterback that we've seen. He's Jalen Hurts, but way better, in my opinion. He's Jalen Hurts. It's like if Jalen Hurts, when he was 18, could, uh-huh. like, could was like the passer he is right now. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, Garrett, like just watching that game, like Alabama, yeah, they got up 21-3. And then Florida scores 14 unanswered to make it 21-17. And then your boy, oh, my guy, Brian Robinson, the running back at Alabama, they went for it on fourth and goal at the three-yard line. And he got a three, He plunged forward for three yards for a tutty. They don't get that. You can erase Different that seven game. right off the board. Uh, and then to end, the game, so to end the game, they needed a crucial, crucial, crucial first down. And they got it on third and two with a two-yard run from Brian Robinson. They were able to chew more clock before they punted it out to – uh, to, to Florida, but dude, you take away that first down, Florida's got two minutes and change remaining, and all he needs is a field goal to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama, I think that second half got completely outplayed. And the fact that Florida stuck oh, to their guns running the ball, Davis 96 yards, Jones 80 yards, right, 58 yards on seven carries. And then Florida, I mean, Alabama got lucky all game. They got the fourth down conversion for the tutty. They got the third down conversion to keep the clock moving in the fourth quarter. And Florida went for two to tie the game. And they went with that. They went with the zone read, reading the backside end at the two-yard line. And he squeezed, but just not enough. Emory Jones didn't know what to do with it. He went a shuffle, shuffle, riding it all the way down to like the one-yard line. He didn't even hand the ball off. It was just super awkward. You got to come out with heavy personnel. You got to run that bitch like you've been doing all night. That's just my opinion. Damn. Well, I mean, it comes down to it. It's like, is it luck or is it Alabama's just in situations where what they do absolutely the best, better than anybody in college football? Well, when you got a guy that can to do. cover the, Brian the, the dive and the I'll option. Take Brian Robinson needing a yard or two yards every fucking day, every single play, no matter what. And I'll take Alabama's if, defense over anybody. Who all I'm getting at is if you're Florida, you got to look at that and think you had a chance multiple times to win that game. You get won't a fourth get a fourth down stop, again. get That's a third down stop, get that two-point mm-hmm. conversion. You win that game, you're on fire. The swamp is going crazy. So damn yeah. unfortunate. Bama hangs on. Florida was ranked 11th after that. They should um, move up. After that I think they should too. My current top four, Garrett, is Alabama 1, Georgia, Georgia 2, Florida 3, Ole Miss 4. Move up That's just me personally. Eight spots. Oh, oh, sorry. And Penn State, Penn State four, Ole Miss five. That's my top five right now. I kick I Oregon out because overzealous on 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 uh, Ole Miss. How Ole Miss is thirteenth huh? in the country. They scored they like a million high? points. They have the Heisman favorite. That Ole Miss Alabama game is going to be electric. Think I about it, Garrett. My, my play out there is on that. Uh, Try to go up to, to your your uh, your parents' mm-hmm. cabin. I will say this. I will say this. The Fresno State win for Oregon looks better now, and the Ohio State win looks a little shaky. They're still in my like top ten. Don't worry about it, Duck fans. 
And then Oklahoma, they're like in my top 20, maybe. A fraudulent team, obviously. I think you Oklahoma that. sucks. You, it's just that they haven't technically lost. But I yeah, you, you and I aren't sheep. Notre Dame, Notre Dame loses close to a shitty team, and they move down like consecutive weeks. Oklahoma loses close to a, the worst Power Five team, I think, after Kansas. Is that fair? Uh, no, but you know everybody is. Everybody Kansas wants to hate on Notre Dame all the time. And Oklahoma has Spencer Rattler, who ESPN has been trying to sell us forever because he's the next OU like quarterback. Rattler. Yeah. The only thing uh, that I'll give Spencer Rattler credit for is he's the first quarterback Lincoln Riley's had that's not a transfer with a ton of experience. Baker came from A&M. Uh, yeah, Texas Tech. And um, your boy uh, Jalen Hurst came from Alabama, and Kyler Murray also came from uh, A&M. Sure, but Baker, so like, Baker wasn't like a full-time starter at a and no, Or at Tech. But Baker uh, yeah, had a – sorry. Baker had a lot of – he had a lot of experience. Spencer started as a freshman. He's got to figure it out. He hasn't lost yet. So, ball still in his court. Um, but I don't have Oklahoma in my top five. I, what's your top five? Right now, my top five is Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Penn State, and Ole Miss. I don't know if you can put Florida up there. Uh, I, I just did, Garrett. I just did. I would Alabama, Georgia, one, two. No fucking question. I just want to hear your five. Go for it. Let me hear your five. No, no okay, bias. Well, you're right. Well, I mean, I'll be biased. Iowa. It's not Clemson. I think I'd have to put Penn State up there, and it can't be Oregon. You know, fine. It's going to be Florida. There you go. See, you get it. You get it. You're sm- I knew you were a smart guy. People, I, I pegged you as a smart man. because of the fact that my instincts tell me that Cincinnati should be up there, but Cincinnati would not play Alabama to a two. No, no, no. It'd be, uh, it might close. remind me of the Hawaii Georgia game where Colt no, Brennan died. No, Rest they played, actually, well, they did play Georgia really tough in that bowl game. The Georgia, I mean, yeah, sorry you to lost say in the worst fashion. Fans, fans, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry to say it for the Georgia fans, Georgia's not Alabama. They're great. Yeah. Second best team in the country, but they are not Alabama. They might be, you know, you give them 10 games, they might beat Alabama three times. Well, well hey, well, you know Alabama. what? We'll post on Twitter through Turnover Sports our top 10 each. Let's do that. Okay. Let's see if we get buzzed. Let's move on to um, our next game. This well, one's real, all real you. Quick, you're worried about Clemson, right? Yeah, I am because they only scored fucking 14. They easily should have lost that game. Um, they're moving on from two absolute power. Georgia uh, just, Tech without their starting QB, I think. They played Georgia close. I'm worried about their offense. They scored three points against Georgia, which makes sense, but 14 against Georgia Tech. Uh, they got to figure it out next week against NC State. If not, yeah, I'm hitting yeah. the panic button. But Dabo Sweeney should be able to figure it out. He just had two I quarterbacks um, in Watson and Lawrence go uh, you know, into the NFL as blue-chip quarterbacks. Lawrence looks a little shaky so far, and uh, Watson uh, is a serial rapist. Um, put an asterisk next to that saying, uh, allegedly. Probably um, true, though. Yeah. But, Garrett, this one's all you. I'm going to sit back and uh, kind of listen to you talk. Mississippi SMU State Memphis. Lost. Oh, okay. So, Mississippi State Memphis. Um, it was a little bit of a back-and-forth game, at least kind of late, later on. Okay, so early. I think Memphis got down. I think it was 7-3, then 14-3. And then Memphis was just playing catch-up until, like, end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Um, Mississippi State did what they did. Rodgers did 67 passes, dude. You know how crazy that is? Mm-hmm. Mike Leach is a psychopath. Um, Hannigan, Seth Hannigan, who threw, who last week I highlighted because he threw for like 450 and five scores. Um, 
kind of in a game manager role today. Honestly, not, nothing about Memphis's offense was really that encouraging. I get it was an SEC defense they're playing against, but mm-hmm. uh, Memphis's defense held held real strong against like an air raid. I get. I mean, I get it. It's not like a crazy like knock you off your ass. Uh, Mississippi State offense, but air raid with SEC athletes. Memphis held their own the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the I mean, the biggest play in that game was uh, yeah, p- ridiculous ass punt. I don't even know if you call it punt. It's, I mean, it was touched. That, that tomfoolery. He got bamboozled yeah. straight yeah. up. What a that, yeah, special teams yeah. play of the year. Um, if I, dude, if I'm Mike Leach, I am suing National College Athletic Association for that. Oh, you have um, to, but dude, no, Memphis was wasn't crazy. good. They were two for 12 for third down efficiency. They were tied in the turnover. They got away with dude. What I will say is Calvin Austin is an early bid for AAC player of the year. Not only did he catch two passing touchdowns, not only does he have two 100 yard reception games this season, one being 239 and three scores against uh, Arkansas state, he's but awesome. he's the one that returned the punt. Yeah. He's a star. He's, Calvin Austin. Get, it's no longer the quarterback at Memphis we need to worry about with Brady Wyatt or the running backs with uh, – was it Darrell Henderson? Yeah. It's uh, – uh, Darrell Henderson, Gainwell, Antonio Gibson. Or- Calvin Austin now is the best player I know. Uh, in let, the AAC. Let, can we get the give Calvin Austin uh, carries chant going? Dude, I, Calvin Austin should lead the team in carries, receptions, and, and passes. passes. Yes. That guy can play some damn football. Um, I'm actually excited because I always want to find a receiver each year that I can look and be like, man, is he going to go for like 2,000 yards? It's Calvin Austin this year, man. They got UTSA next week who – it's UTSA. I'm not going to act like I know anything about UTSA. They're not um, special. Except they have that Jackson kid in, uh, in basketball that averaged like 26 points a game. But anyways. No idea. going to be exciting. I hope Calvin Austin goes for another uh, 100 yards. Um, I know. I wish that was a prop that you could take. Uh, it, dude, I'm going to try DraftKings. I doubt it is because – I. Don't mm. think they know who he is, but um, oh, other yeah. than that, Garrett, moving um, her along, Kansas sucks, as we knew. How about SMU? I mean, it's just another AAC team we could talk about. Um, Memphis is your darling, so the I Hale, like talking I mean, the about Hale, them. The Hail Mary, though, SMU won. Oh, to win there. the game, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I remember watching the high, uh, highlight. Um, Roberson, off, was, yeah, running back, dude, but. No one really – he just kind of ran up and jumped up. and Oh, it was tipped it was up. And he was just, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, he's the only one standing there. And I love how everybody else got excited and he kind of just stared at the ball like, what the fuck like, just happened? Um, yeah. yeah. Mordecai finishes that game, five touchdowns. Um, and last week I was talking about him because I see him, uh, what was it, 11 touchdowns? He's now at 16 touchdowns, two interceptions through three games. We definitely got to keep our eyes on uh, on Mordecai, Tanner Mordecai. And, I mean, talk about an efficient game here. 30, I know the Hail Mary, but 36 for, for, 36 for 48 for 395 Mary. and five scores. Yeah, he was good, dude. 16 tutties, two picks. He's You're good, right. He's, so he's fun if, to watch. If I go to NCAA leaders, he is the leader in passing touchdowns by five. So keep an eye on Tanner Mordecai. And then for AAC roundup, keep your eyes on Calvin Austin. He's second in the NCAA in receiving yards, eight yards behind, uh, not Jeter Downs, fucking Josh Downs, Jeter Downs is a shortstop mm-hmm. for the Red Sox. Uh, moving on along, we head to the we night games. We got some games to get through, yeah. Um, I don't think there's much to talk about, Garrett. I, I skip Utah, San bit. Diego State, because I consider I it irrelevant. surprising they lost, but I don't think so. Uh-huh. 
Um, I, I skip uh, Incarnate Word, Texas State. <laughs> wow, you almost it, went to Incarnate Word. Uh huh. But Virginia, North Carolina. Hey, it's nice to see North Carolina bouncing back after losing uh, in Virginia week one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys watched that first quarter live, uh, Virginia's quarterback had two almost 200 yards and three scores. Howell had like 175 and two scores in the first quarter. It was insane. They the quarterbacks uh, combined combined for nine tutties and over and almost 900 yards. So fun game. I don't think it means much in the grand scheme of things. North Carolina, unfortunately, is going to have to run the table the rest of the way to get into a New Year's Six Bowl game. They have uh, my. I mean, they play Notre Dame on the 30th of October. That's really their next game. What you would be worried about? Um, Miami was something to worry about. I don't think it is anymore. And then uh, Florida State obviously is an FCS school. So uh, moving on from that, that that Virginia Tech loss dropped North Carolina 13 spot, at least 13 spot. Well, Virginia Tech wasn't ranked, and then they became I know, ranked, and then they became a, 15th. It's not like they lost they, to fucking, like, you know. Wofford. Yeah. yeah, they lost to, like, a respectful Sorry, Wofford. Um, um, sorry to Wofford. Stony Brook sucks. Oregon didn't prove anything. No, but the uh, game of the night, obviously, Auburn, was Penn State. Auburn-Penn State. And I watched that game in its entirety – um, oh, yeah. One that I took Penn State minus five and a half, even though it closed at four and a half. So I got an awful line. Um, it Sean was Clifford's a hero. Sean Clifford is. I remember earlier last week's podcast, two week podcast ago, I said that we called Brock, him poor man's Matt McGloin. No, I called him poor man's Brock Purdy and poor man's Matt McGloin. I'm done calling him poor man's anything. This kid can Clifford. straight up play football 28 for 32 for 280. Nothing seemed like there was too big of a moment for him. And let's not forget. I don't know if you watched the game or you're working, Garrett. Penn State punted the ball on third down after a intentional grounding. These refs were so damn awful. They called intentional grounding on Clifford, lost a down, then lost track of the downs. And then Bo Nix got pressured up the A-gap, rolled left, then got pressured up the C-gap, was still in the tackle box, threw it away, and they did not give intentional grounding. I'm blown away. The only thing Penn State got was a targeting call in the red zone that put them on first and goal at the one-yard line that they scored. But all in all, dude, the Penn State offense is the real deal. They can run. They can pass. Um, If there's a year Penn State has a shot to take out Ohio State. it's. I mean, dude, they're a good team. They're so good. Clifford is legit, and they didn't run that well, but they stuck with the run. They run very, very well. They gave Noah Kane 20 carries, like – I, lo- mm-hmm. I love when offenses do that kind of stuff where they, they I know. don't Feed, become one-dimensional. Noah Kane's a stud. Feed your back. I don't care. I, I, some game's not going to work. Didn't work out this time. Still, try to control the clock. Do what you can. Yeah. Noah Kane will that, come back. That good Auburn defensive line put Clifford on his ass zero times. No sacks. Uh, just damn just good game, fun. man. You're going you're gonna to complete 87.5% of your passes against a ranked team. I love it. Penn State's defense was a little shaky, but it turns into that bend don't break type of deal that goes on for winning championships. I mean, oh, Auburn yeah. had two field goals that, you know, they didn't turn into touchdowns. So there you go. That was the game of the, the game of the really afternoon or the evening, and then of course the nightcap. You had a couple of uh, you had a couple of uh, Pac-12 Miss, teams go Ole at Miss it. Put up Heisman numbers and then. Uh, yeah, Arizona, we talked about Arizona, that. We don't need to. Yeah, but no, Arizona, but just just Matt Carroll. I mean. Carolina. There's a reason he's the Heisman favorite right now. Okay. He's got uh-huh. nine tutties, no picks, completing 70% of his passes. He hasn't really played anybody. Uh, Tulane, Austin P, Austin P, and Louisiana. Uh, but hey, you need to put up those numbers to start to get yourself in that Heisman consideration, no doubt. And their first real tough opponent is going to be 
in next week. They have a bye week now, but they're playing Bama. Should be interesting. But let's get to those two Pac-12 games, Garrett. Let's break them down really quick. Arizona uh, State, BYU, and Fresno State, a, UCLA. We don't need to, to – I just want to make fun of U of A. We don't need to actually discuss it. U of A lost in Northern Arizona. <laughs> First time since 1937, they lost to NAU. They were 20-point favorites, which says a lot because – To be only um, favored by 20 points. Exactly. It's, it's an absolute absurd. trap line. Um, I, Arizona's bad. They're doing a two-quarterback system, both uh, quarterbacks from uh, Arizona. Uh, Will Plummer uh, being from Gilbert, Arizona. And um, my boy um, – I, I keep uh, – Gunnar Cruz being from Castile did not play he in this play, game. Yeah, McLeod. Um, which can't... doesn't make any sense. I think Gunnar is by far the better quarterback, and I think it showed. Will Plummer, 19 for 34 for 191, a score and a pick. Get Gunnar Cruz back in. I don't know what he did, but this season is over, and Jed Fish is off to a horrendous start. Oh, yeah. Nightmarish start. They might not win a game this year, Garrett. They saw it. McLeod um... – is he the South Florida guy from last year? He could be. I mean, they, they're so fucking bad, dude. I Gunner can't Cruz remember if that started. guy's name was St. Cloud or, or Mick Cloud. I just don't know why Gunnar Cruz didn't start. He's got a way higher completion percentage, a higher rating, more yards, more yards per game, more touchdowns. He's been sacked seven times. Is that his fault? Are you saying he's holding on to the ball too long? Mm-hmm. This team's terrible. Nobody gets open. So, holy hell, Jed Fish. Not only do I think you made the wrong quarterback decision, you might be out after year one. This is terrible. U of A. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's just, and uh, considering them as being a basketball school that is struggling to make the dance now, year in and year out, and they really were not very good with Nico Mannion and that group and, and uh, Zeke Naji. Well, I didn't think they should have made the tournament and they kept penciling them in, even though they kept losing games at one quality win all year. Yeah. Arizona's in bad shape. And then Arizona State, Garrett, they lose to BYU, who so this is, needs this more is a credit. New game. I didn't get to see this game. I only saw I watched this game because I ended up betting BYU money line very small. Uh, BYU does have a player named Gunnar Romney, really tall receiver, not related to Mick Romney. I had to. Oh, he's okay. That was my first question when I saw there's two Romneys on this team. I said, no way. They are not some. No, they're not. Uh, Baylor me. Romney might be. They might be related, Baylor and Gunnar, or Baylor and Gunnar aren't Romney, are related. And one of them is related to the. Well, former, Mitt, obviously, uh, Mitt Romney, former presidential candidate, is Mormon as hell. He's Mormon, dummy more. He's now in Utah. I kind yeah. of feel like when he moved to Utah, suddenly there's all these Romneys on BYU. He you moved to you Utah know what? Romney might be just like Skywalker, though. Just really common in Utah, you know? Like Skywalker's right. common. We'll have, to, we'll have to ask. Galactic that. Republic. That's, that's so common in Mormonism. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. All I did was I watched BYU absolutely just really dominate. ASU in all phases. Arizona State is one of the most undisciplined teams I've ever seen in my life, Garrett. This game carried on for four hours because they had 16 penalties for 121 yards. They fumbled twice. Jane Daniels threw two picks. One of the fumbles came off of an interception from BYU quarterback, um, the Hall kid, Jaron Hall, threw a pick. Um, They were marching all the way down the field and just didn't see the black jersey. Throws the pick. The guy's running back all the way into BYU territory, and the BYU player was able to rip the ball out of the ASU player's hands, get the ball back, and BYU went all the way down to score, and that was a nail-biter right there. Never seen anything like it. It was a turnover and a turnover in the same play, and um, honestly, Arizona State shot themselves in the foot all night. They're so undisciplined, and Jane Daniels, I just I don't see it, man. Way too many picks, way too many picks, way too many picks. I, I, is he your quarterback of the future? I don't know. 
ASU usually beats these teams that are run heavy. They beat Michigan State before. It wasn't it last this night. And then BYU, their coach, the former BYU player, the Hawaiian guy, or the Tongan, or whatever you want to say, he's doing a great job. Yeah, I don't. There. I I'm having so much trouble remembering his name. Um, I, I'm not like I was going to be able to pronounce it. Yeah, I mean, such a program, and they're so just tough nose, man. Like when you watch that guy strip the interception away from the ASU player. I mean, that's like IQ 1000 play right there. It's just such smart football that they play over there. And they were so balanced, man. 144 on the ground, 217 throwing, got to the quarterback. 16 penalties to three. That's how you – you do not win with 16 penalties. 161 yards? Yeah. Holy shit, man. Holy hell. And then the last game of the night, I, like Arizona had a really tough – NAU holds the crown for best football team in Arizona right now. I think ASU will be fine. Uh, they should beat who they should beat, but can they get over the hump? They beat Oregon with Jaden Daniels last year, but was that a one-time wonder is what I'm starting to think now at this point. And then UCLA, fresh off a huge victory against LSU, at home against Fresno State, who I tried to tell you last pod was the real deal, and you told me to go fuck myself every which way to Tuesday, ends up beating yeah. them on the most insane finish to a game. Just to paint a picture, guys, I'm playing Overwatch on the Xbox. Garrett calls me. I'm like, shit, I'm mid-game. I can't pick up. So he decides to get on Xbox and join the party to ask for an apology after I said – Apologize for what you said about Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, because – yeah, And it was after DTR. DTR gave them a – so what happened? They were down for a while, almost the entire game. They take a fourth-quarter lead, like four minutes left. They give up that fourth quarter lead, get the ball with 212 left or some shit. Go out and score. There's 40 seconds left. You know what I did? What? I went out and I walked my dog. I said, yeah. thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'll see, like, apologize. So you could, here's my address. I want a written apology about Dorian Thompson Robinson. And I come home and what the fuck do I see? Hayner. Touchdown pass. He won the seconds. game, dude. He won, and you know what? It was a back and forth game, and UCLA didn't look good at all. And I don't have the Pac-12 network, so I couldn't watch it. But I was watching the or checking the play by play like every two seconds. And the fact that they scored UCLA with 54 seconds left, and I told Garrett, I'm like, "Hey, there's still a minute left." He goes, "Not enough time." I go, "There's two timeouts." He goes, "Eh, doesn't count." Goes and walks his dog. Hayner goes incomplete pass, gain of 10 for a first down. Not much, though. You can't do much with a gain of 10. Then a gain of 27. Then a gain of 26. And then a touchdown gain of 13. Like, pathetic. what were you doing defensively? Fucking pathetic. Now, Hayner leads the league in passing yards now. Leads to college football in passing yards because he went absolutely off. 39 for 53, 455, and two scores. The first half stats, respect I remember looking respect, at it. Dude. He's good. You, he UCLA great. should have never been in that game, dude. They had a comeback ferociously in the second half to make it a game they couldn't look at their look at their rushing stats they had 17 carries for what 42 yards between the two running backs robinson robinson is the only robinson almost won that game single-handed for themselves yeah a a 100 that was a terrible terrible game terrible coordinating the first half and i get robinson through for 278 on only 14 completions but Dude, sometimes you just got to move the chains because they never got in a rhythm. That whole first half, the never. time of possession, the time of possession at the end of the game was 40 minutes Fresno State, 19 minutes UCLA. It's hard Can't to get win. into a rhythm Can't when you like that. go three and out in about five cents, five seconds. So, five, hey, that's five, your Pac-12 update. Yeah, five Oregon's parlay, by themselves. Five-leg parlay resting on UCLA or four-leg or something. Resting mm-hmm. on UCLA winning that game, that's what happens. Um, so we're almost up big money. 
We were, we were, we were, and I was uh, able. Shout I, out I, Jackson you, State again. Shout out Jackson State again. They pushed. Yeah, they, the they won't lose you money. So you know what the the week three shakeout to me is this: the Pac-12 did Pac-12 things. Both they're other than Oregon, they're pretty much dead. You know, they're dead men walking at this point because UCLA's out, ASU's out, um, Oregon's still in. USC lost Slovis, and they already lost Stanford, and they're unranked. I mean, that leaves you one team in the Pac-12. Um, Florida might be better than Georgia because they gave them a better game, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, SEC still obviously top dogs, and can uh, and Penn State, they're a real deal this year. And what else do we learn? Cincinnati Notre Dame is going to be an absolute just amazing game. So we learned a lot this week mm. about these teams, pretenders and contenders. There's a fly flying all around me, and I want to kill it. Me but too. let's move on to week four, Garrett. I know we're um, uh, we're actually doing all four time. We are at an hour and a half already pre-interview. So do you want to do like a kind of like a lightning round with we'll the Sarah picks? The, yeah, I just want to interesting. Yeah, let's let's jump into Thursday's game really quick. Just because I wrote stuff stuff down about it. Marshall App State. I need the App State slander to stop. I'm talking to you, App Jackman. If I hear one more time, you go App State's not that good. App State's not that good. Um, they're an absolute powerhouse since they moved to the Sun Belt. Absolute fucking powerhouse since they moved to the Sun Belt. You are an absolute fool if you think otherwise. Um, Scott Satterfield led them to um what six straight bowl games or five straight bowl games. He's gone. He's now the coach at Louisville, but since they joined in 2014, the Sun Belt, where they went seven and five, but they were not bowl eligible because the NCAA is so goddamn inept. They've had nine wins every year since I'm liking what they're doing there. The quarterback is Chase Bryce. If it sounds familiar, he was the dude that was the backup to Trevor Lawrence, both his freshman and sophomore years at Clemson. He was a 10 and 15 guy TD to interception ratio when he was at Duke last year. But then again, Duke is awful. So yeah, I can't, you can't blame that on him. No, I expect good things out of him. They got two running backs that are um, like a two, two man tandem back there. Cameron Peoples and Nate Noel should be good. I'm going to like that no game. Slouch. I don't know. I don't know who to pick spread wise. I think App State wins this game, but Marsh, Marshall's good. Well, Mar- Marshall, they run a 40 front, but they did get lit up by ECU. 40 front, short week. It's a lot easier to prepare for a 40 front, four down lineman than I would say like a 3-3 stack. They run a one high. They like to rotate guys down. So you can throw against these guys. They like to pressure. And mm-hmm. honestly, they have a common opponent. Their common opponent is ECU this year. Yeah. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think App State beat ECU and Marshall just lost a close one. Correct. Right? They gave up 21 unanswered, Marshall did. So they were actually – doing better than the stats say they just blew it um but they got lit up by allers the quarterback at ecu who app state was able to keep in check with four sacks and two turnovers and kept them under 50 percent completion so i like marshall in that game will i bet it i mean app state i like app state in that game will i bet it probably because it's the only game on a thursday and i need my fix and then the friday game i want to talk about really quick would be wake forest virginia over set at 68 and a half mm, wake virginia forest really has not favorites Yes. I don't know. They played they played real well offensively against uh against North Carolina last week. I kind of like Virginia. Um Wake though. Um remember when they had Riley Skinner and they made the Orange Bowl in 2006? Great stuff. Right now they're ranked their SRS, which is like a adjusted rating, is 26 in the, in the NCAA. So they're borderline top 25 team, but strength of schedule 124th out of 130. So take it with a grain of salt. They have a four-year starter under center, Sam Hartman. He was a 13-5 and five guy last year. 
Um, Wake Forest, honestly, they're pushing the ball downfield a lot. And I watched a little bit of that Florida State game. Florida State is an FCS school. Like, dude, Wake Forest receivers were running go ball nine routes on the outside with like 10 yards of separation, running double moves from the slot with 15 yards of separation. I mean, you you had him him spinning like a record on a turntable, freaking Hartman when he was running the ball. He looked amazing. So I'm taking the over here, Garrett. No doubt about it. Probably laid just a little coin on it. But Brennan Armstrong, 11.8 yards adjusted passing yards per attempt, the quarterback at Virginia. He is 1,300 yards passing already this year in three games, Garrett. He had 2,100 passing all of last year in nine games. Wow. Right? I think these two quarterbacks, Hartman and Armstrong, both four-year guys are going to light it up. I'm excited for that game. So I just wanted to get that out there. But I like that. Head into Saturday with a little lightning round. We don't have to spend too much time on it. We'll go through the rank games. If I miss anything on the 9 a.m. slate, you let me know. But the first one yeah. being Notre Dame, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. six and a half. If you had to pick a side, gun to head, what are you taking? Uh, Wisco. I'm taking Notre Dame because I think uh, Graham Merce is an absolute fraudulent quarterback who is not good. And I think revenge game, Jack Cohen, Irish win set up the Notre Dame, Cincinnati, just game of the week next week. That's what I got. I like that. I like that. Anything on the 9 a.m. slate you like want to talk about? Just a rivalry game. Texas kicked the shit out of Rice last week. They got uh, their eight-point favorites at home versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech always. Well, not always, but historically, there have been a lot of times when Texas Tech plays Texas really, really tight. Uh, As long as they throw the ball all the way around across the ball yard, um, I'm cool with it. But just looking at Texas Tech, like they're doing it again. Like they threw three five times and they're leader. They had no one with 10 carries last game. Love it. Uh huh. Beat Houston. I think, I think there's a shot. Texas Tech wins this game. I think Texas Texas ain't that good. Yeah. But Bijan, Bijan Robinson might rush for 300 yards. Yeah. They're not going to stop anyone. So before you bet on that, look at the rushing, uh, defensive rushing defense for Texas Tech. Cause if they get lit up defensively, they're going against the best running back in the nation. So Mm -hmm. good luck. Uh, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. You see anything you like, pal? No, my next. I see Louisville, Florida State. Louisville, two point, uh, two point favorites on the road. Florida State. Florida State sucks. You, anybody gets two points against Florida State on the road, taking them. Louisville all the way. I know Malik Malik Cunningham has a bad wheel. He got pretty banged up in that game. But if he's going to start and be healthy, how can you take Florida State, man? How Florida on God's State's, green earth yeah, can you take undead. Florida State? I don't see it. They suck. I'm with you. Um, uh, we got Iowa State, Baylor. Uh, Iowa State, seven-point favorites on the road. Uh, I kind of think Brock pretty sucks. Baylor's solid. I don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ship the uh, the Brock Purdy. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna jump off the Brock Purdy train just yet. But if he can't do it against Baylor, he's never gonna this, do this it. This will be a proven game. Might not bet it. Probably. Actually, I won't bet it. But you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Jake Browning. Jake Browning had that one really good year, though. Yeah, and when he was young, and Brock Purdy had a really good year when he first. I think his really good year was like 20 touchdowns. 12 picks yeah Browning, he was had really, like a, Browning had like a 40 I was not 20 three. touchdowns since 12 picks that is the most asinine thing anyone's ever said in the history of asinine um, and history Memphis three-point favorites at home versus UTSA too I'm taking UTSA fuck off you don't, you don't know football you think they're gonna cover every game the rest of the year I might do I might stay on it yeah and Brock so Purdy was 27 and 9 when he was a sophomore you cocksucker <laughs> okay fine and 4,000 yards geez trying to undermine everything in the he's big ever 12 done. in the big 12 though. yeah but that's what I'm saying like ever since that he's just regressed to the mean I yeah, guess he sucks 
Don't hey, he's from our state. Watch him out. Uh, Texas A&M, Arkansas. I just think Arkansas is so boring. I don't even have that circled. But Arkansas dog walked fucking uh, Texas. Texas. They've scored forty points every game this season. They run the ball really damn well. If, like, they, if they play Texas A&M tight, then I'll think. Well, they could be, you don't think they can beat A&M? Not at all. Not even a wee bit? No. Not, wee, not even a wee bit. Wee, 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 wee. Uh, you sure, buddy? There's another uh, kind of like prove it to me game. Clemson, North Carolina State. Clemson doesn't beat North Carolina State by double digits. Uh, do you, now, do you think there might be a quarterback controversy in Clemson if they, if they suck? Who's the backup? I don't know, but it's it, DJ Washington is playing like he's Kelly Bryant. Is Leon he not? Leila. Yeah, um, uh-huh. I could I could see that. I just don't know. I like they maybe maybe they get that guy scrapped soon. Um, I just don't even know who the backup is. Uh, Wyoming thirty point favorite on UConn. That, that's UConn a game you're gonna you're, you're circling for a quick quick pick. I just it's not it's not a betting game, but I do I am curious if UConn continues to lose by thirty. Oh, and just a heads up, the Arkansas game is in Dallas, Texas, Jerry World. So, Ooh, just throwing that out fun. there. That's uh, why AM's favored by five whoa. and a half. I knew it wasn't in Arkansas. Always check where they're playing. You are Oops. never going to believe the line on Rutgers, Michigan. Uh, we need to get on, on Rutgers, Rutgers, Michigan? Right now. Probably Rutgers like 20 and a half. Shut <laughs> What is it? You're looking at it. No, I'm not. I don't have my phone. Michigan. I, I see you glancing down at your phone on the screen right now. I, okay, okay, guy. You can't prove and a it. Half. 20 and a half points. Rutgers oh, dude, I'm taking Rutgers. Rutgers is a defensive Rutgers team, is man. Good. Yeah. They're going up 14, 7, and 13. They're going to they're gonna fucking Michigan try to stifle that. 20 and a half points. No way. I like that, too. I really do because I think everyone's going to be on Michigan after they kick the shit out of Northern Illinois. And I think Michigan scores like 40 points. No, not even. 35. 35 sounds good. That's a lot. No, not still. even. I would say like 31, and all you're asking is, can Mitch Rutgers get a couple scores? I'm sure they can. I like that game, Garrett. Um, um, I see nothing in three o'clock. UCLA, Stanford, but to me, they're both walking dead. I'm not, not interested either until not, UCLA figures their shit out. And I know homeboy uh, who took over for Harbaugh, David Shaw's doing a good job. So if anything, I'd lean Stanford. I know. I said, so after the, after the UCLA loss, I went on my uh, the picks that I had last week, um, and I brought up probably the most important the most important rule that we have is don't bet on bad programs ucla is a bad program never again i agree with you i 100 percent agree with you uh we got um, like two or three other games that are even semi-noteworthy i think and half of them are really aren't noteworthy uh like i got what? north north carolina minus 12 on the road versus georgia tech who just almost beat clemson not um, noteworthy i don't think so either as love sam Howell. uh oklahoma 17 point favorite at home West and that's their abc game of the of the week west virginia oklahoma talk about fucking boring if you're not an absolute degenerate gambler I mean, you have nothing really to watch that after that's for the 430 game last week we had auburn and penn state the week before what do we have we had uh, georgia clemson mm-hmm. like Damn, this is a bad one this week. Now we got South Florida BYU. 23-point favorites BYU. I think they win by 50. Dude, BYU is they're just they're so BYU good. is is for real. South Florida fucking And sucks. and when you're when you're coached well, Garrett, it's like anything under 35, 40 points, because eventually you take your foot off the gas. Like you have your guys playing. Like there's no like, hey, oh, we play South Florida this week. No, you prepare every week like you're playing Alabama. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you have a coaching staff that does that and players that buy into that, like the opposite of Shadow Mound from mm-hmm. to school, like you get a lot out of people. The only other game I would say is of note before we head to the interview, Tennessee against Florida. And the only reason I say it's of note is remember when Tennessee was good at football? When we were free? Yeah, with Peyton Manning. Yeah. Also, Joe Milne's their quarterback, the old All Michigan uh, quarterback. Yeah, he has completion percentage this year is fifty one point four. <laughs> Thought that was funny. Holy hell, he can't throw. That's it. It's gonna be a good weekend. This is a gambling weekend, in my opinion. I don't think there's a lot of football outside of Wisconsin Notre Dame Notre Dame's perspective staying alive. That is really noteworthy because other than that, all these top ranked teams have easy games. Georgia plays Vanderbilt. And I have said enough about Vanderbilt. Oklahoma plays West Virginia. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like, yeah, eh. Tulane, two Tulane, two UAB. Yep. Oregon plays fucking Arizona. It is what it is. But that is our mm. roundup. Oregon plays FCS Southwest. Uh huh. They, yeah, they, they play, yeah, they play a generic team. They play the one dragon. of the German teams from Madden. I mm. might play, for, I might suit up for U of A. I might go to the office this week and be like, actually, you know what? No, fuck that. I'll be the best player on the field. Um, I know. Like so we have a star Alec Musa is taking over today. Uh-huh. He's getting snaps quarterback, running back, and, and tight end. But I think it was a good session. We ran it a little long, but I thought last week was a one of the better college weeks we've had in a while. Um, yeah, mid- that's, that so, was, a, it was last week got the happening star Mario Party. All right, so this is what we're gonna do. We are going to head to our interview with Chris Foster, aka Mamba. So stay tuned for that. We're gonna, you guys are gonna love it. All right, see you soon. And on this week's episode of Moose and Friends, me and Garrett have on a very, very special guest the man, the myth, the legend from the Wolfpack. Hope you don't choke. The man himself, Chris Foster, aka your boy Mamba. Mamba, how you doing? It feel, feel, feel good, baby. You know, just sitting up here chilling, watching some comedy. About to get ready to talk some comedy football talk with my boy Moose and oh boy, best of Garrett right there. So, uh, can't wait to get it. Thanks for having now, me on there, boy. Glad to have you on. We love to have you on. And your boys, the Carolina Panthers, have a big game tomorrow. Big game to them, probably not to the yep. rest of the NFL when you're favored by eight points against the sorry ass Texans. But lo and behold, <laughs> Thursday night football. It seems like once every year they have one of these games, whether it's Jaguars, Titans, now it's Panthers, Texans. That doesn't just, you know, next week it's Jaguars, Bengals. Sorry, Cam. But it always seems to be like once or twice a week there's a matchup where you're just like, you know, it's a, a couple teams that not, – not that the Panthers are bad. I'm not getting there, but I'm saying just kind of a different style of offense. You don't get the Seahawks and the Chiefs and the Ravens and even to an extent, you know, the Titans and the Bills. You can – Panthers, Texans, but needless to say, hey, primetime football is primetime football. All eyes are going to be on Panthers, Texans, and you boys are 2-0 and right now. How does that make you feel? Yeah. Hey, to be honest with you, if you would have said that we was 2-0 and going into tomorrow night, I would have said that you're about full of shit as a Christmas turkey. But, <laughs> I like um, that. But, you know, you know, your boy Cam tried to discredit because, you know, week one was against the Jets. Yeah, granted, it is the Jets, but that's like a bye week. Yeah, just yeah, like an FCS Northwest. Yeah, it is when like Alabama it. plays Mercer. Uh huh. It's the like equivalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like your Ohio State playing against your Grambling State type of, type uh-huh. of game. Uh-huh. I guess. Uh-huh. I guess, uh-huh. I guess you could say that. Slack like that. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> Fox on hey, the come hey. up. Hey, shout out! Hey, shout out to the swag, big Alcorn State. You no, know, sleeping there mm-hmm. with my boys. So, mm-hmm. so you got to got to give respect where it's earned. But 
you know, the Saints, the way that they shellacked and beat up on Green Bay, I was like, ooh, because the Saints, we always play them tough, but they always end up beating us every other year. They either beat us uh, twice or we split it. That's always how it is in the last five, six mm-hmm. years. You could, you could look it up. Some years they beat us 2-0. But I think the way that our defense is playing, uh, how Phil Snow, his defensive prowess just – it's a lot different. And then you add Hassan Reddick. You have Shaq Thompson that is now the quarterback of the defense. You have a good superior defensive end, a good D tackle, and then Derek Brown, who's going to become a stud. He reminds me of, of a Kawan short, but faster and a little bit of agility. His his foot his footwork, you got to keep an eye on it. Very, very fast. That's why he's able to get and to the pressures when it comes to the run blitz. Alan Kamara, for example, five yards rushing. Shut down. Absolutely shut down. Uh-huh. Bottled up, if you will, was that Alan yeah. Kamara. On eight carries, too, he averaged a little bit over a half a yard per carry. A tough exactly. Scene. Exactly. But I guess it's the reason is because of the, the defensive tackle work that you have with Derek Brown that takes that takes over within the center and the guard. He takes over the A gap because they like to run in between the tackles sometimes outside with Kamara. You take that away, you're going to take out the outside edges, and we have the linebackers that are fast enough to, to take that away with with, with Jermaine Carter, Chad Thompson, or Hassan Reddick, you name it. That's the reason why Kamara got shut down. Receivers, I mean – Well, you didn't shut down Jameis Winston. No, three carries for 19 yards and a score. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. shut down, shut down uh-huh. the quarterback position first. Hey, hey, you know what, though? But he went on two throws, and you can look it up. He threw it he threw like he was throwing to Jesus in the end zone, and Jesus was like, I'm nowhere near, buddy. I'm in Chicago having uh-huh. a beer. So, <laughs> vintage, vintage squints in there uh, for a couple throws there. I, I miss vintage squints. He did, and he did. And you know what? I ain't going to lie. Uh, Jameis has improved, and you could tell he's improved by the first game in Green Bay, you know, Five mm-hmm. touchdowns, you know, you can't take that away from him. But lace it, man. You know, Don't sleep. But Phil Snow and them saw that, and they're like, "We're gonna take that away." We got good safeties, Jeremy Chen, and uh, and we got Burris. So, I mean, what's good? My defense is up, ranked number one in all four categories. So, really, right now, what four that. categories would that be like? Covering the spread, be, or what are we talking about? Total tackles, spreads, all Talk about uh. uh Defensive scoring, uh, ten and a half points per game that we're allowing, allowing the lowest uh, quarterback rating, and we're also allowing the lowest uh, passing yards within the first two weeks. So that's doing pretty good for right now. Mm-hmm. And so I want to see how we do it against next week when we play against Dallas. When we got to go to Dallas, I want to see how we do against a formidable football team and see if our defense is legit, like they like they say way back in the day are you legit i would dallas, say honestly, dallas confirmed legitimate football team you uh-huh. yes, Stamp of approval the dallas cowboys are indeed legit but i'll say i'll tell you this right now i think the cowboys besides running back barely are going to be better than the two teams you guys face this season at every skill position you say besides, oh, right? oh, oh, oh i guess kamara okay. kamara elliott but it's it's tight it's tight but oh, i mean Prescott's uh, better than both quarterbacks yeah. ed lamb amari cooper um, Miles Austin. I'm kidding. Not Miles Austin. Remember when I did a couple of weeks ago, Mamba? 
couple of weeks ago, the that's joke ain't, was, uh, that's, ain't, that's ain't 2010, bro. <laughs> I know. Well, I already made a mistake a couple of weeks ago. I got grilled on because we were talking, uh, we were talking, what was it, Garrett, about Bengals football or something? And I brought up oh, TJ. Hushman-Zada. He was like, yeah, when Dalton had Hushman Zada back in 2016. <laughs> and Garrett Oh, oh yeah. But I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. He's rolling over in his grave right now. Uh-huh. Poor TJ. I didn't mean to do that. May he rest in power. But would you say, though, Mamba, first off, Shaq Thompson, former running back. Let's just say that really quick. Uh, two-way From player. University of Washington. Yeah. Any time somebody's a two-way player and they get to the league, I just assume you can do what you want when you want. I assume you're the best athlete ever. Because if you're a two-way player in college, I just, I'm just i going to go ahead and think you are Mr. Football. And, oh, Shaq Thompson, I'd still get a jersey. Yes, yeah. I'd get his Washington jersey and I'd put on pads and play running back and, you know, use football. <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's hilarious. Uh, but uh, so would you say that this group is because like from a fantasy perspective, everyone plays fantasy football nowadays. Carolina seems almost like a streaming option week one against the Jets and they would be, uh, you know, bench from week two. And in reality, they were really good. Is this a defense mm-hmm. that, hey, if they're in your league right now, you can put them up there with, let's say, the Ravens and the and the Bills and you know, those type of defenses as the best defenses in football? Because right now you said they're ranked first and everything, so why wouldn't we? You know what I'm saying? Winning Rome, right? I, mm-hmm. as, as, far, as far as a fantasy football perspective, yes. If they are available in your league, take them, especially against a weak-ass uh, Houston offense with mm-hmm. not a very good offensive line. You got, a, you got your third-string quarterback that doesn't know whether the wine disaster scratches watch yet, so he's still Ooh, building. But okay. but Davis Mills, Davis Mills, he'll be good. Just give him a year or two, he'll be good. But give him a right year or two, three, four, a different system, different position. I give a different I'll give franchise. A uh, different two. job, different occupation, IT. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him two. I'll give him two years. I'll be nice. But under the right circumstances. No, I don't think he's that bad either. I don't. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. But now Tyrod Taylor was playing like the next coming of uh, freaking Joe Namath. I know Tyrod can't. He cannot catch a break. Yeah. No. And then Joe. Yeah. And then Joe Namath. Well, not Joe Namath, but uh, Tyrod Taylor. Was when, 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 when do you when you say Tyrod Taylor, you always get that hope that he's about to do something, and then he ends up like a crippled. 75 year old woman that can't walk anymore when it gets hurt. I just, I, it, it breaks my heart to say that, but I love, I, I hey, love it the is boy. what it don't, is. Don't get me wrong. I don't get me wrong. I love the boy. Don't get me wrong. But even getting, if they would have had Tyrod, I think you still stream Carolina for this week and for weeks to come against Dallas, probably not. But for this week, if saying. you have them, take them and stack them on your bench if you can. They're, they're that's two my, legit. That's my advice. Now, 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 there, uh, Mr. Mamba. I will say this: getting ready for Panthers talk. I did a little bit of research. Went back a couple of years. Wanted to see how you got to the point that you're at right now. And you talked about Phil Snow, the DC, uh, came over from Baylor with uh, Matt Rule. Had a good offensive coordinator and Joe Brady. But before all that, before Sam Darnold, before Kyle Allen, you had a quarterback by the name of Cam Newton. And I'll say this. I went to see him at his best season of his career it was back in 2015 when they went 15 and one. He threw 35 tutties to 10 picks. Yeah. His OC was yeah. Mike Shula, Ran the same Mike picks. Shula who went to the New York Giants 
absolutely flamed out as their QB coach or flamed out as their OC, went to Denver, QB coacher Drew Locke ran him to the ground, ruined his confidence. That guy doesn't know which way is left or right. And right. Shula maybe isn't a good coach. So is Cam Newton way better than we give him credit for in his prime? Have we forgot? Uh, we we did forget how good Cam was in his prime, but I'll give you a couple of things. What hindered Cam from being what he what we thought he should have been, the LeBron James of the NFL, because of both of them, same height, same build, same athleticism. Mm-hmm. I compare that. laptops in college. Yep, keep going. It, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, 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 but hey, 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 but he gave the laptop back and he gave them a bunch of new ones out in Florida. So I can't. Yeah, he's like, well, how did this get in my backpack? And why am I, why does it have a username that now says Cam Newton on it? What? <laughs> right. I but do think anyway. he was better than we give him credit for. I didn't know Mike Shula was his OC, and that says, you know, a thousand uh, the, words right the there. Old, having Mike Shula as an OC was probably the worst decision uh, Robert Vera could have made, and he could have had. Plenty others um, could have had a Greg Neck. Greg Neck, way better than Shula. Well, on the other um, side, he had Sean McDermott. He made a good decision there, didn't he? Sean McDermott, yes. And you see what he's doing in Buffalo right now. He's building uh-huh. the culture. He's built, he, no, he built that old school, that Carolina culture. That's half the battle, man. Build a good culture and you'll win, you'll win ball games. It's literally half I'm a the fan battle. Of, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Bills because us and the Bills are family. We call them the Carolina Panthers of, of, of the North. South of us down here in Carolina, even though I'm out here in Utah, but, but you get know what I'm saying. We got a family ties, and now we're doing it with Washington football team with, with with old coach Ron Rivera. But the thing about Cam is he didn't have help at receiver. Didn't have he had help Kelvin Benjamin, right? Kelvin Tight end Kelvin Benjamin playing outside. Uh, uh, Benjamin six foot three, inside, 285 pounds. Uh, oh, yeah. But the thing about it is, though, Kelvin Benjamin got hurt. Sad to say, that made our offense – so much better. Because well, who else not... is out there? Who was catching the rock out ten, there? Ten games. Uh, we, had, ten we, had, we had Ted Ginn with 10 mm-hmm. touchdowns. We had Jericho Cotter, I think, with four or five. Mm-hmm. We had we had Philly Brown. That's oh, it. God, I forgot. Philly Brown. Man, God we rest got, his we, soul. We got future Hall of Famer Greg Olson, the only one with a 1,000 mm-hmm. receiving yards. And the best rapper mm-hmm. on the team. And the best rapper on the team. Yeah, okay, of course. I, mm-hmm. I don't know the lyrics. If I did. If I knew the lyrics, I would sing it to you right now. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I got this, you. Like, you score 500 points in one season without uh-huh. your number one receiver. Oh, yeah, Mr. Funches, because Funches had a good game against Seattle. Oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you boys the story real quick about that Seattle game that propelled us to that 15-1. Uh-huh. It was it was Sunday, October 18, 20, uh, 2015. Over oh, damn, there, he knows and, the date. Uh, okay. uh, over, over there at, at the CenturyLink. Mm-hmm. It was a gloomy day. It was a 215. It was a 215 Utah kickoff time because it, okay. it was the afternoon game of the week. And for the first half of the week, first half, it, I was like, it's just going to be like the rest of them. We played with them, and then they beat us by a field goal or touchdown. Greg Olson catches that one open catch that just that just made me fucking shampoo the fucking buffalo you've heard that phrase before moose but that okay. one right there made, made me a happy man and then after that because seattle was in the super bowl the two years prior i knew we was a contender i knew we was mm. going to be good 
Did start, yeah, out start running year. the table. Yeah, yeah, I looked it up. You guys were first in 2015 in uh, defensive, just pretty much every category. You guys were first in defensive points per game, or six, sorry, but you were first in offense. Still, you got two basically top five units. And, and, uh, and you guys guess were, who was our uh, guess who was our leader for 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 ints that year on defense? Guess who was? Uh, guess who was? Uh, Wasn't Keekly it? or Josh Norman? Nope, Kirk Coleman, seven touch, seven. Really, I remember. Kirk Coleman, seven touch, seven, mm-hmm. seven ints with one touch. Well, I think one or two touchdowns. He had one against Dallas at Thanksgiving. Which I remember that we, one. Oh, oh my God, him and Keekley. As soon as both of that happened, we on offense, we really didn't have to do shit the rest of that game because mm-hmm. offense, offense came and just slipped the Yankee and the Mandingo in them, and that was the game Roma was coming back from a clavicle injury too. So. Mm-hmm. Everyone's and favorite I quarterback felt, on this podcast, yeah. at least. Yep. Hey, hey, don't get me wrong. He's my favorite golfer right now to watch. On what favorite watch golfer or broadcaster? Both. Both. But, yeah, as, as, a, but, but as a golfer, he's hilarious. <laughs> you oh, got to watch him. You gotta the, watch the man golf. can play. Yeah, the man can mm-hmm. play some uh, some golf. But, uh, no, oh, I agree. Yeah, that absolutely. 20, that I like the Seattle story. That 2015 team was legit as all hell. Uh, they should have won the Super Bowl. But speaking of the Super Bowl and speaking of that kind of just era of Carolina Panthers football, I want to play a little word association with you right now. I'm going to say a word, whether it's a player or just a person, and just give me a one-word answer of just what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of it. Maybe not one word, but just the first phrase or idea that comes comes to mind. All right, you ready? All right. All right. Go all right. Ahead. Thomas Davis. Legend. Luke Keekley. God. Jonathan Stewart. My boy. Mike Tolbert. Solid. Dan. <laughs> Pussy. Nice. All right, but seriously, none of those guys, I just named a bunch of solid players, they never got a ring. Would you pin it on Cam Cam Newton never jumping on that ball in the Super Bowl, or do you think it was just, hey, he gets on that ball, we still lose anyways? Uh, you guys ended up losing to a quarterback that basically was uh, almost a paraplegic in Peyton Manning. The guy could barely walk, talk, breathe. Mm-hmm. He was throwing the ball like six yards down the field. Brock Osweiler got reps. Do you blame Cam that those boys never got a Super Bowl, or do you just, hey, you know what, just wasn't our day? Well, well, Moose. I mean, I mean, people could go back to that fumble on Cam and blame it on that. But if you watch the game, other than that Jonathan Stewart touchdown, what was our offense fucking doing at all during that entire game? Oh, damn, damn shit. Damn, that under that, hit exactly. by 90 points. So, so take this scenario. Cam dies for that ball. You have Derek mm-hmm. Wolf, Malik Jackson, Bob Miller, and Demarcus Allen. And two of your offensive linemen all diving for the ball. Uh-huh. And your franchise all quarterback that just signed mm-hmm. a deal. Cam would have got would have got destroyed, and that would have mm-hmm. that would have set back Carolina even further. Yeah, he so, would have came up with the piano keys falling out of his mouth. Exactly. <clears throat> like so, so so even if we would have pounced on that, it would have been fourth and twenty four or fourth and twenty three. It wouldn't have mattered because we don't have no receiver help. Which mm-hmm. takes me back to the trade deadline. If Carolina would have traded for Calvin Johnson that year, would have helped us tremendously. And he would still be they playing to today. Mm-hmm. Now, but we decided to trade for Jared Allen, which our defensively, we could have done without him anyways. 
we needed a receiver and we needed a running back to help out Stewart. You could have gave us a Calvin Johnson and you could have gave us a what? A Frank Gore that was about to leave San Francisco. You, we would trade it for both of them. To help. A young Frank Gore, Maybe. a young 33 yeah, year old Frank, Frank Gore. Uh-huh. Yeah. If we would have traded for both of them, like we were supposed to, what have, would have made the difference? Probably. What if we would have lost? Maybe. If we would have won, it would, would have been by a field goal, which Graham Gano is responsible for as well. Because mm, going into week one, Graham Gano. going into week one, going into Denver, he cost us that game too. So, I mean. I don't trust a guy named Graham. I'll be honest with you. That's the last no, name. Graham I don't know Mertz. what the hell you're doing. Nope. Graham Mertz, Graham, Graham Gano, Gano, Todd Graham. Come on. Todd Graham should be in prison. The list goes on and on. So, okay, oh, we Todd, won't blame Noon. Oh, God. Um, in 2016, kind of Cam Noon threw 11 less TDs, four more picks that kind of fell yeah. back down to earth. 2017, though, this was kind of really your last chance to make make some noise. Noon wasn't good again, 22 touchdowns and 16 picks. But you know what? The defense was still good under Steve Wilkes this time. And then you guys headed to the wild card game at your place. New Orleans comes in, and you face a Drew Brees quarterback, Drew Brees-led team. Um, and you guys get shellacked, and it's kind of comes at a shock because Steve Wilkes was doing so good at the time, and Drew Brees struggles. Not struggles, but he's a for surefire Hall of Famer indoors. And outdoors, he's just a good quarterback. Uh, his numbers yeah. drop significantly, and you guys let him throw for 360 on 33 attempts. Uh, he lit you guys up. Should the Cardinals yeah. have pumped the brakes on Steve Wilkes, revoked his offer, uh, got his key card, and ripped it to shreds, or you think, you know – it was just a bad think, day for Carolina because it looks like Steve Wilkes uh, ended up not being good for the job. So I'm just saying, you see that performance, you still stick with him. It, 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 it was it was a bad game because and actually we didn't get shellac. We were actually down by eight, and we mm-hmm. was actually in New Orleans because New Orleans had the better uh, record. So you're saying I'm completely wrong. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I'll just go uh, fucking turn the podcast off and throw the mic across it. I swear when I looked at it today, it said it was showed Carolina on the right. I swear it showed Carolina on the right. No, no, you was no, you was right about the the scenario, but the venue was was uh, was flip flop. But okay, so that's why Drew Brees lit you guys up like a Christmas tree. Okay, I got you. I got you. That makes more sense now. Okay, okay. That's why they hired uh, Steve Wilkes. Okay, because yeah, Drew Brees he struggles in Carolina. Uh, he he struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't he? Don't struggle mightily, but he struggles. Steve Wilkes, there was a defensive play that got Michael Thomas on a forty-five yard pass that that kind of killed us. Where we could have stopped them. It was it was a third down, and I just remember just Drew Brees just saw uh, Dante Jackson pass down, butt ass naked, just just fall down. Michael Thomas, 45 yards. They end up kicking the field goal, going up eight points. And I was just like, oh, my God. Then Matt Khalil. Uh, a false the the lineman from USC. Jeez, I haven't heard that name in forever. Oh mm-hmm. Don't get me started. His brother, Ryan. His brother, Ryan, Ryan is a nice guy and way better as a mm-hmm. center. Ryan Khalil. Yeah, underrated Vikings. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get the tapes to Ryan. We'll let Ryan know you're a big fan. It's, it's a Ryan Khalil podcast as well. This is a podcast that belongs to a lot podcast. of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, Memphis, yeah. oh, Ryan yeah. Khalil, oh, yeah. Jason yeah. Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. Oh yeah. oh yeah, you tell you you tell Ryan. I said, so what's up? I can always talk to him about football. I've always been a big fan of his. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll hit him up for you. I got his number somewhere in here. But uh, you know what? <laughs> it is what it is. You guys lost that game, and then 
you guys continue to honestly struggle. And what blew my mind going back and looking at everything was the 2019 season. Um, Newton got better, but he got hurt right away. Played two games. And Kyle Allen comes in. CMC, by the way, puts up one of the best seasons of all time. We'll get to him in a minute. But you guys fired Ron Rivera halfway through the season. And I went back and looked at it. 76 and 63, all time as a coach. Three division titles in seven years. More successful than John Fox was in a winning percentage uh, perspective. Mm. Is oh, d- d- now the owner's David T- Tepper, Tipper, Tepper, Topper, yep, Tepper, yep, yep, Tepper, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's Mr. Tepper. Yep. <laughs> uh, now, should we go uh, backhand Mr. Tepper for making that move? I get that Matt Rule's good now, but how do you? Ron Rivera was nothing but great. I love Rivera, Carolina Riverboat Ron, baby. Would you? Who do you? Would you rather have Matt Rule or Ron Rivera? That's all I'm getting at. <sighs> I'd rather have Rivera because of the experience and how he developed the culture that Matt Rowe is continuing in Carolina. The, you got lucky. You, got, you brought in a head coach, and it actually worked out for you guys. Yeah, brought mm-hmm. in a head coach. But, but but here's the thing, though, Moose, that people don't understand is Matt Rule, before he got the Carolina job, he had five phone conversations with Ron Rivera on the culture of Carolina. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera told him how, how it works and how to manufacture it and how to make it become – your baby after he left you know so he didn't have to do that but Ron Rivera you know great guy great human being he mm-hmm. he likes he likes helping people that coming from the co- from the mm-hmm. college ranks that want to become legit football coaches in the NFL so but Matt Rule is continuing with that and Matt Tepper Mr. Tepper am I mad about him getting rid of Rivera I was for a minute but then I understand that that was Jerry Richardson's guy. That was his regime. That was his guy. But then once he sold the team and Tepper bought it, everything became brand new. Everything was starting fresh. Mm-hmm. That's why. Rivera, you want to get your guys. And I, I understand. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, hey, you yeah, could have you could have got the bad end of this. You could have got freaking. You could have got uh, what's his name? Greg Shiano. Or you could have got Mike Shula. Or you could have got, you know, freaking David Walls. You could have got anybody. Yeah, I could I could have got Coley that's coaching the Texans right now. He's not yeah. a very good coach, but a very good a very good guy. But he's more he's more of your assistant coach. He's yeah, not good. A, good not good guys coach. don't win. Uh, good they guys don't. don't win. Well, they do, but you also got to be a coach. You know, I'm just saying. Is um, Bill O'Brien still the Texans coach? No. Excuse no, me. Excuse no, me, Gary. I can't remember. Bill O'Brien. No, he's the OC at Alabama. Yeah, he fired himself. Yeah, he is. He's the OC in Alabama. Yeah, he is. He is because yeah. Sarkeesian left for Texas to no. take that job. How did I yeah. miss this? No, Bill O'Brien's yeah, the same person. took that job. He wiggled himself into being not only the head coach for the Texans, but also the GM so he couldn't fire himself. He put himself in a position of ultimate power. He he pulled kind of, I don't want to say a Nazi Germany on the uh, on the organization there in Houston, Texans, but he kind of did. He found He rose to power. Because they were so bad, and he was the only answer. And that's how I see it. He, no, he, no, he did, no, he did what he did what what Bill Watts did in the old days and in, in, in the NWA that tried to pull that shit, so he couldn't get fired for doing a lousy booking. That's what he yeah, did. No, that's what he, he did, literally what he did. He, yeah. can't fire he the pulled, head coach, the GM. No, because I I rather have Paul Heyman as my head coach than uh. Bill O'Brien and Paul Hamas never been a head football coach. But I'd rather have. Him. I'd rather have a lot of people. I'd rather have Garrett as a head coach, um, and that's more of a testimony to Garrett's coaching ability. But 
Um, uh, I'm not a big of a Bill O'Brien fan. Agreed. I think the coach over at Penn State now is doing a way better job. What's his name? Not Paterno. Franklin. Franklin. Uh, yeah. And then Joe Paterno from the. Yeah, you got to watch it with the Joe Paterno jokes. You can get canceled any times. But hey, new coaching staff. Matt Rule, not a good first year really from a win loss perspective. But it's the same thing when he was at Baylor. He won one game his first year. Him the and same Phil. Temple. Yeah, same it, with Temple. Yeah, it, it takes time to turn things around. And it seems like he's doing that right now. And it seems like you like Matt Rule, and that was a question I was going to ask. And it looks like you like Phil Snow and believe in the defense. So that leaves one person here. It kind of narrows down our questions to about two more before we're going to let you go. But Joe Brady, the OC, is the same guy who at LSU took damaged goods, in a sense, with Joe Burrow, who transferred out of Ohio State, and turned him into a quarterback that posted the best collegiate football season of all time. But it's not even completely. Through, like, what, 70 touchdowns? And I wish I was exaggerating, but I feel like that's the number. And like six picks on like 79 completion percentage. Um, you ain't wrong. Now you have your own quarterback that seems to be damaged goods and Sam Darno comes from the Jets. Now he's starting pretty good this season. Three tutties, one pick. Could Joe Brady take this quarterback that was highly touted like Joe Burrow was and turn him in to some to something type, not maybe MVP caliber, but a good top 15 quarterback that can stabilize an offense and win games in Carolina? Uh, you know what? That's that's a very – that's a damn good question, Moose. Uh, the way that I'm feeling, well, Darnold has been showing me the last – the first two weeks. Um, I don't give a damn who you, who you play. You play what's on front of your schedule. They're good against the Jets. They're good against the Saints. Only one pick, but – his quarterback ratings is showing it. His efficiency is is showing it. His attention to detail is improving. It's because Joe was taking the time to helping him with the film, studying and breaking it down mm-hmm. like you're supposed to. Because Adam Gase, he couldn't he couldn't do that shit with a bunch of blind handicapped kids if you had a football team. That's how no, bad Adam he, Gase was. You want to talk about way over your head? Adam Gase was like in the right place at the right time. Then he ended up becoming a coach and he had to look in the mirror and be like, I am so not qualified for this job, but the paychecks keep kept coming and his, his, his key car kept working at the facilities. So, I mean, mm. you take the money when you can get it, you know, but, 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 but you feel me though, Moose, like how you go from Miami and had a talented wide receiver slash quarterback in Tannehill, you couldn't do shit with him, but then he goes with Arthur Smith and, and he's a ball. Last, he's an absolute and, bona fide and, stud. And he's been a stud. And then now, same with Darnold. He comes to Carolina, and, he, and he's already uh, spitting hot fire. So that just shows you, like, just shows you that Gates just does not know the basis of becoming a head football coach. Or just the basics that, of right football and kind of just, like, what the football looks like and, how you know, the color of it and kind of the gridiron, so to speak. No, I, I agree with that. And I'll tell you what, he's got a fat face. Before you say anything, fat faces win in football. Ben Roethlisberger. That <laughs> That's dude, true. Ben Roethlisberger's face is ginormous. That thing is massive. It fits up. If he was on this Zoom meeting right now, it'd fill up the whole square. Sam Darnell, big face. Bruce Willis, would, big face. Would you, say, would you say Roethlisberger looks more like Andre the Giant or more like the Big Show because how fat his face is? Uh, I think he looks like... I don't, I just, his face keeps expanding. So is there somebody that like expand over? He lost that, weight, but he looks worse this year. Yeah, he looks, yeah. he looks like he's dying slowly and painfully, unfortunately. I think Ben Roethlisberger's days on this earth are unfortunately coming to an end. 
And Diabetes. I think Sam Darno is well, uh, is siphoning his powers. So that's good. Well, I, with I, that I hurt pick, let's see. With that hurt pick. Yeah, let's but see. he plays better when he's hurt. If he starts getting that walking boot out, they, 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 they cancel the season, cancel Christmas because the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. If you get that walking boot out or Ben Roethlisberger with a black visor because he broke his nose, cancel Christmas. But I, you know what? I, I think I – I liked how you brought up Adam Gase because I feel like he is the common denominator in all these quarterbacks going from one spot to another and getting a lot better. Hey, he got paid. So uh, why cry over spilt milk? Yeah, he got paid over one good year with Jay Cutler in fucking Chicago where Cutler was sitting on a bike in an mm-hmm. NFC title game. That was his bravery train that got him that job in Miami in the mm-hmm. first place when he shouldn't have got that. And I can name a few coaches right off the if I could remember that should have got that Miami job before him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just they saying. got a good one there now in Brian Flores. Though. I can tell you about that guy can coach his ass off. Babe, this is a Brian Flores podcast. That's all we have. Oh, all, all, Flores, all Flores is no bullshit. He's no bullshit. He don't fuck around with anything. So This is an anti-Adam Gase podcast, though. We're, we're going to put a list out. It's 100. Uh, hey, I'm Adam not a Gase fan of Adam is Gase. on the hit I'm list. I'm not a fan of Adam Gase. Uh-huh. But, but to go with your one question, oh, don't lose about Bob Tepper. He's doing it right. He wants to do it the way that the Steelers ran it because he, mm-hmm. he's been with the Steelers organization the last 10 to 12 years. So he wants to try to build that culture in Carolina. So I'm liking what he's doing, and he's bringing in the right people, the right organization, because you heard of the Jerry Richardson situation with the sexual harassment, him saying some racist shit and everything. It just That's made it uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It, it made it uncomfortable. So David Tepper said this is mm-hmm. a non-racist uh, environment, we don't put up that bullshit. You get caught, your ass is fired. I like that because he's because that's what they do in Pittsburgh. You it's crazy you have to say that, but these old white people, man, you can't you can't trust mm-hmm. them. Bob McNair's like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean, older racist or the old Clippers, the old Clippers uh, owner? He's like, oh come on, it's tongue and cheek. Oh, got AIDS. Got AIDS, Jerry. You're talking about Donald. You're talking about Donald Sterling. Oh, good God! Yeah, it's an anti-Donald yeah, Sterling content uh, podcast. Uh, so if you want to get after yeah, Donald. Hey, Sterling. you know what? We'll have to do a podcast on him one day. I know oh, it'd be three today, hours but... on just how much he's an ass tat. But Mamba, we're a little bit running over time here, so we're gonna let you bounce here. Thank right. you for joining us. Next week we have another member of the Hope You Don't Choke uh, group, the Wolfpack man, Cam Ross. So that's gonna be fun. Uh-oh. Garrett, you have any last words? Uh, yeah, let's get an opinion on spread this week. We got what is the spread? Panthers by eight on the road. You believe? You by taking by it or not? I'm I'm taking it. I think Carolina wins. I, Carolina wins by fifteen. I'm What's your final it. score prediction? Let's hear it. Carolina thirty, Houston ten. Love it, Mama. Thanks for joining us. It's been an absolute thanks, pleasure. Mama. You're the Thank man. We you, gotta sir. get you back on either in the playoffs or week 17, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Y'all want to talk fantasy football for like five, ten minutes? Y'all slip me in. Let me know. I can do it every week. Just let me know. Definitely. All right. Thanks, boss.